I really want to play Power Wash Simulator, but my uh, sister and her boyfriend are visiting, Ew. so I have to like, uh, you know, spend time with them, which is uh, cool, I guess. But just co-op Power like... Wash Simulator with them. I know, right? That, but they're going to probably want to do something stupid like, oh, we should go to this restaurant. And I'm like, but we can just order in and play Power Wash. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Oh, we should go to like this club and listen to music. And I'm like, but we could just listen to music and play Power Wash. Simulator. Yeah, you feel like you're starting my life right here. This is like, uh, this is the Larry <laughs> David and me, like trying to avoid yeah. all social interactions in the world and just stay home. <laughs> So I was watching some Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I think my favorite episode of that show is when he finds out his mom died, and then he just uses that as an excuse to get out of everything. He's like, <laughs> yeah. I would do that, but my mom, <laughs> yeah. she died. So the I guy can't wants do him to like, write a letter wreck. <laughs> or, or, no, no, no. Yeah, he wants him to come to like a dinner, dinner party at his house. I go, yeah, my mom just died. <laughs> yeah. it's like the most it's like that's my favorite episode of curve i love it <laughs> it's a good one we just watched that recently actually <laughs> oh my god this, I'm not to belabor this but the scene when he finds out that his mom died is one of the funniest scenes of, of all time like the dad just didn't want to tell him oh, i'm not at the anyways. funeral because my mom <laughs> told you not to call me <laughs> that's one of the, like, that is genius amazing scene. <laughs> uh curb so good Did you guys see Kevin's uh, little discovery that somebody is colluding between the Callisto Protocol and the Dead Space remaster by making the planet lineup? You guys see this? Oh yeah, yeah. The the like Steam images or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. Like, as soon as Kevin posts it, it's changed, right? <gasps> it's like the yep. Yuzu thing on the Steam Deck video. They don't want people to know. <laughs> it did seem weird. I posted on Reddit and then. Uh, after posting on Reddit, I kept getting notifications. Like I got a bazillion emails, so I had to turn them off because a lot of people saw that post. And then uh, they changed with the next day. So wow. I don't know if that was intentional or if it's coincidence. I think it's. I personally think <laughs> it's a coincidence, but I don't know. It is a weird irony. I'm sure I they find. just didn't want people to like constantly buzz about it. <laughs> right. I, I I think of them as competitors, but I also think that they're kind of both like pushing a genre that's like I think yeah. is also something good with them coming out at the same time, even though Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, like maybe I mean, yeah, is it saturating and people can't buy both? Or is it yeah, revitalizing this genre and maybe we'll get indie versions of it or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Exactly. That'd be so cool. I, I'd have that. Oh. The host just, just gonna... left again. Sorry, we were just making fun of you, Aaron. Yeah, yeah. I, I forgot to turn my air conditioning off, which you might oh, say, yeah. why do you have your air conditioning on in October? But uh, that's that's what happens when you live in Los Angeles. And uh, yeah, I don't want that low hum 
infecting yeah. Yeah. the feed. You know what? I, I think the low hum would be pretty cool. Like, you know, yeah. it's like if, if if the conversation's not interesting, you're like, at least I have that ASMR. Mm-hmm. So I could just, it, it, yeah, it's not super ASMR. It's 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 kind of evil ASMR. But we could put that whenever you talk, just a little low hum in the background with some you crickets. Know what, you, you know what I used to do when working sometimes. I'm not joking. Is I would put on uh, Star Trek uh, Enterprise ambient shit down <laughs> when I was. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, that's good. That's yeah. Great. So, yeah, maybe similar. Uh, Zach, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I just came off of a podcast literally minutes ago. So, uh, oh, I've been podcast, and then I podcasted last night, starting at like 11 p.m. and going to like 1:30. So I've been talking a lot. So, do, you, do your yeah. vocal cords feel a little? Uh... <clears throat> no, I'm all right. I'm all strong. Right. So yeah, sorry. Yeah, cool. Well, that's <laughs> Damn, that's fun that's stuff. Awesome. Yeah, the grind. I just sing and drink tea, you know, just like, you know, do ex- vocal exercises, you know. Do re mi fa so la si do. That's better than what I do when I have like a lot of podcasts. Not that that usually happens. Like I just go into the bathroom and slap myself really hard. Like wake up. Yeah. <laughs> the monster so. really helped last night. Like I was up until three thirty just doing my own shit <laughs> afterwards. Oh, oh man. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, I'm up. Let's listen to <laughs> let's listen to fucking uh, Big Black and just hang out. Very nice. I dig it. Uh, okay, guys, something something happened. Many things happened. There's a lot in this oh, news no. segment, but uh, Stadia has been has been murdered by its parent corporation. Oh my god! Nobody saw this coming. What do you guys think about this? Oh well. It just doesn't. It doesn't really apply to me. Yeah, is that, right. Is that terrible to say? Like it's like, it, oh, that happened. Yeah, right. Like on the one hand, I think the dream of like streaming, I guess, is like maybe a good thing insofar as we're in a world where graphics cards are however many thousands of dollars. So it's like maybe not everyone should have to rely on purchasing expensive hardware. But one, it's it's just not feasible to play games well without the hardware so like it's maybe it's a future dream maybe someone will pick it up i know nvidia probably still does it um it's probably just not super popular and you shouldn't make a whole service around it that's probably a bad idea like where the games are released there instead of just like running steam from a computer somewhere um but but yeah it's it's a dream that maybe should exist but right now it's not the time and it's fine (laughs) yeah it's worth noting that Sony does it, Microsoft does oh, it, yeah, and right, NVIDIA yeah. do it. Um, I have some experience with Sony's implementation, and I, because that's the only way to play uh, PlayStation Three games on your PS Five. Yeah, and I don't, I don't like it much. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think this technology is not that I know anything, but probably still another decade off, which I think is what people have been saying for the last two decades. decades so, yeah. <laughs> right. Also, PS Three games are going to run like shit. So, like, it's even worse because it's not, like, running high frame rates to, like, help the lag. It's just, like, oh, it runs at 20. And uh, there's 10 millisecond latency. So, it's just poop (laughs) always. Yeah. Yeah, we get these, like... To quote Jason Schreier, he said, to Phil Harrison, who was pitching it to him, he said, this just seems like big tech throwing their money at the gaming industry. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's what he says. I got, well, maybe it's funny at the time I was like somewhat hopeful. I was like, Oh, maybe this will be like a really cool thing. Like, I don't know. I, I didn't, I wasn't sure I'd have an opinion, but it didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oren, you spoke last time we, we met and CD project red listened because of your, your review. They're making a, a cyberpunk sequel. Oh man. I really hope I could just take my character and uh, continue my romance with Judy Alvarez. I want to know where that goes. <laughs> I need to know. Uh, they've definitely made made uh, clips of that. Um, They're also making five new Witcher games. <laughs> yeah. yeah, apparently uh, five, five Witcher, Witcher games. games. Uh, three new Gwent games. Um, what else have they got? Do they have any other IP? <laughs> yeah. Seven like, new this IPs. This is the roadmap. This is the roadmap for the next three years, and, and they won't get any of them out. But it's None like it's like out. the Marvel thing where it's like seventeen different movies coming out every year, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it seems ambitious. Like I don't know personally. I don't know who they're fooling. Like I feel like I mean maybe they're just working on ideas, and not all of them will come to fruition. But yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot for that for that company. Which I yeah. do you think is more lucrative at this point, Witcher or Cyberpunk? Witcher. Yeah. Witcher. Probably Witcher. Because it's got TV shows, cartoons, tie-ins, books. I mean, it's it's multi-multimedia, you know? Yeah. Right. Uh, I, mean, I guess so is Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk still actually. Has some, Cyberpunk still has some ill will associated with it, too. So. Yeah. I mean, that's Witcher coming 3. back, but. Right. Yeah, the, I mean, the, the, good, the, the goodwill is coming back. Sorry. I'm just glad they're making a sequel. Because it didn't, I wasn't sure if they were going to from all the bad press and stuff that happened. So I'm just glad there's another game. But I do think there's a lot to be said still there and done. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I think it's a bummer that they're dropping their engine because they what? put like, yeah, they're so they're gonna they're moving over <laughs> to Unreal Five. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, I, as someone who's done small amounts of work in Unreal 5, I under or 4, excuse me, Unreal 4, I understand okay. why they're doing it just because it does so much work for you. I'm not a professional developer even. I'm just the most amateur possible developer ever. Yeah. But I just like, I'm just, I, I can see why like someone who actually knew what they were doing in it could do probably a lot versus writing every single thing yourself, which is what they did with Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. They wrote like everything. They were like the physics. They apparently did all, like the, everything was built from the ground up. It's probably why that game was so took on to make. Yeah. Yeah. But they made it like just, use it right. i don't know it's just sad i think like, they don't have good documentation is is what i've heard oh, is really? that a lot of people like left so they have that like tech debt problem of not knowing how certain things work mm, travel knowledge so, okay never mind then <laughs> that's so, a real problem they didn't write yeah. their notes they didn't write any <laughs> any notes in there uh, mm. yeah i could see yeah, it like, I, I, they probably are like hey we can get it we can get a game that's of as good or a better fidelity as the current game we can do it like in half the time with probably yeah exactly budget. so I get it. It sucks though. I, I think I would think it's sad. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, question: Every CD Projekt Red game, to my view, has has in some way upped the ante. Right. You go from The Witcher one to The Witcher two. You know, they, the the graphics, the combat system are completely revamped. You go to The Witcher mm-hmm. three; it's open world. You go to Cyberpunk, and they're like, let's let's really try to flesh out this mission design for good. No, but like every time there's been a step do you think that the next game that comes out is going to have something else going for it is the next witcher game going to have more immersive simi level design like uh, cyberpunk did so the next I think be really game? cool they did 
Well, the the next one is probably a Witcher game, right? To Zach's question, I'm assuming. Because uh, that was the one they announced first, Witcher 4. Oh, okay. What's it going to yeah. be? It's like, rather than cyberware, you'll use, like, mind psychic abilities to, like, mm-hmm. hack people or something <laughs> like that? And Well, that would... I, I don't know. I mean, like, what if The Witcher 4 is just... Uh, like a totally different setting and you and you it's like they do what they did with v where you just create your own character um, you are gonna make your character in these games they said oh, wow. oh be in them. that's cool yeah yeah that's interesting hmm. then yeah i could see them bringing in the cyberpunk like you know uh, the different options stealth combat etc right oh maybe a thiefiness to it i don't know you know if we're thinking immersive sims maybe Probably. make the combat more like elden ring too yeah where you jump and hit R2. Yeah. Hell Basically. yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. You, you just get a weapon called the Claymore, and you're just like, I, I know what to do. I know what to do. I know how to play this game now. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. I feel like... I wonder if... The, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I just... I feel like they just need to slow down on innovating. Like, can you just make a game? Like, can we just get, like, a new game in a reasonable amount of time i don't know maybe that's being too um maybe they're more ambitious and they want to keep pushing the envelope but it's like i think iteration and and uh and honing what you do well is maybe better (laughs) in my eyes i will say though that they it seems to be working out for them where they just make a giant game every five years because what ends up happening is that game just sells so many copies over a long time and has waves. Yeah. And so maybe it's in their, I don't know, maybe what they're doing is just working, but the problem is is that they have these really bad launches. Um, the Witcher 3's launch wasn't nearly as bad as Cyberpunk's, but it also had a lot of jank from what I recall. Yeah, that's what I hear. Yeah. One of these days I might play that game. Um <laughs> it's all good. right yeah it, honestly like this is this is gonna sound weird and i don't know what you guys what you what zach thinks but i think the main story is really really good but you should just play as much of it as possible until you get to the dlc because that's the really special mm. stuff you can just play that, the dlc a... you don't have to pl- you can go straight to blood and wine if you want to um would it make yeah, sense yeah but you, you don't think you should you have do that? to level up. You have to level up. No, no, they will level you up. They'll give you a, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. They have well, a system yeah, then for that. Do, do that. I mean, like the main story is amazing, and some of the side quests are super amazing. I mean, the Bloody Baron quest is incredible, but the Blood and Wine DLC, but really the Heart of Stone DLC is some of the best <laughs> storytelling I've ever seen in a game. Just w- incredible. Would it make sense without playing the main game, or are they so separate that you can just jump right in? Uh, that's that's a great question. Uh, it's kind of like, here's what makes The Witcher Three great. All of the side quests are basically like little fables that you just kind of participate in. Yeah. And Geralt is just kind of there, uh, you know, influencing the story. And that's exactly how the DLCs are. They're not really connected to a larger story. You're okay. just role playing as Geralt in these kind of season long TV shows, uh, and they're awesome. They're yeah. So good. Shit. I'll play right. eventually. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully they get a console upgrade, but I mean, they're, they're oh, on PC. They are yeah. getting a console upgrade. 
thought they did. They are. They haven't yet. I don't. It's delayed. It was supposed to come out like this summer, and then it's now. It's kind of like we don't know when, but some point yeah it's gonna get they're gonna have ray tracing on the new consoles and all that yeah add a lot That's more cool. neon lights and and uh cybernetic augments cybernetic. they're just bringing in everything from cyberpunk like yeah fuck it i would love that <laughs> <laughs> uh horizon zero dawn is getting a, a remake that's a little crazy is what do you think about this Oren? why 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 is sony doing this like it was yeah. stupid with the last of us and now they're doing it they're like ah horizon zero dawn that game is just old and Shit. janky we really have to uh we got to update it for a modern audience like what the fuck yeah, why that, that must be the reason too right that the i mean i don't know how well the last of us part one is doing but like there's precedent now for remaking recent ass games so yeah oh so it's unclear if they're going to like top to bottom remake it or if they're just going to do kind of what like Death Stranding did and make like a an updated a version. Director's cut. Yeah. A right. director's cut that just kind of adds a few features and, and updates a few things, which is what I hope they're doing. Cause it's just, yeah. I mean, not that it's my money to spend, but it seems like like a, an unnecessary use of effort because currently the game runs at like, you know, 4K ish, 60 frames per second and looks great. And there isn't much of a reason to do this. So I don't know. Yeah, it seems odd. Like, why? And uh, we should we should say we got some uh, some listener mail from uh, from Mike. In case in case you guys know him, he said in response to what we had talked about, Demon Souls being um, pasta code or something, spaghetti code. Oh yeah, Jeff Grubb's comment. He said that is Bloodborne. that is not. Yeah, Bloodborne. What did I say? Demon, Demon Souls. Uh, the Demon Souls. <laughs> Yeah, Bloodborne. Uh, he 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 posted some potentially contradictory information that that questioned that. Apparently, the people who made the 60 FPS patch yeah. on hacked PS4s was like a, a line of code. So that's that's like more frustrating, <laughs> right. right? There's no reason not to do it. Like it would just be it'd be a copy and paste job. I'm sure of it. <laughs> it's weird because they did it for FromSoft pushed out an update for Dark Souls Three on Xbox to make it 60 fps they didn't huh. change the resolution or anything yeah. else they could have doubled the resolution easily but uh they did that at microsoft's behest of sony fucking ask them if you're gonna spend all this money on horizon zero dawn give us blood if you're gonna spend all this money on buying part of from software make them do work <laughs> oh yeah yeah force them to work a little i'm sure they work very hard but like yeah, yeah, yeah. actually they make them probably just work that we want yeah yeah from what, what i understand what i've read is that apparently the publisher needs to give the developer funding to do Stuff like this. So I think it would have to come from Sony. They'd have to fund the patching of it. And they probably don't have any incentive. Why wouldn't so. Sony have incentive? If they're doing it for other games. Maybe, maybe the 60 FPS patch for that game doesn't what they want to deal with. I don't know. Maybe maybe I have no idea. But that's, yeah. what, that's yeah. what I've read is, is the way that has to happen. For old patches of games, the publisher has to fund it. Hmm. Which makes sense. They pay people to do things. They funded so the doing last to start of a... part one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean in part probably, yeah. Yeah, so, I just think I just feel like that that and Horizon are more of their like Sony prestige, yeah. pr- like vision of gaming, and Bloodborne's like maybe not. Even yeah. though I even though it's obviously mm. as good, I just I don't know if it's like if it's like a Sony game. It's got mm-hmm. the following. I mean, that game is so. Hyped. I, I agree. Completely. I mean, does it does it by volume of sales though? You know. Yeah, yeah. Not not as much, but I would think mm. maybe after Elden Ring. Yeah. Sony has to be like this is FromSoft is just money now, right? Right. 
So, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just want to play Bloodborne. I just want to play it. I'm Aww. still, like, refusing to play it. <laughs> On principle, I'm like, I know a better version is going to come. Yeah, I could, yeah. I could play it, but I'm, I, I refuse. So, uh, whatever. A, a third of Xbox Deathloop players haven't beaten the tutorial. Uh, this is based off achievement data. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. It's probably something that's true of most big AAA games on Game Pass that people yeah. download it, they play the game for ten minutes, and they're like, it didn't get me. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I don't think it's in... Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, I didn't think Deathloop had a good start. You, like, start off dying, and the characters are all snide, and it's like, what the hell? <laughs> I don't know. I just, it, it, it rubbed me the wrong way from the beginning. So, like, you have to kind of get into a little bit. And also, the tutorial, I think, isn't indicative of what the game is actually like. So it's hard to... Like, I don't know. I just... I don't think the first hour of that game is actually that good. It gets much hmm. better once you kind of can save your weapons and gear and start progressing, in my right. opinion. And it's in a language you don't understand. That's that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's part of the charm. Right, exactly. Incomprehensible. Uh, so Man, the the first like twenty minutes of Deathloop ha- has the most Joss Whedon level writing. It of really all time. does. It's so yeah. much. It's so bad. I blocked that all out. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of forgot what happened at the beginning of that game. I but, just did it recently. Wait, I, it was pretty. So did I actually, yeah. and I still don't remember. Um, hmm. Well, here's a question though: Do you think that a service, I mean, like Game Pass, is is it, is it undervaluing the product, right? In a way, is is it making us appreciate stuff less? Like you think about Netflix or whatever streaming app you're on, how much time do you spend just clicking past movies that that any other day had you had, go, had to go to Blockbuster, you would have loved to watch. If you had only that to watch, you probably would have been totally satisfied. Yeah. I mean, I don't use I've it, been, so I can't really say. <laughs> I've been consistently beating games on it, so Do I get you? the argument, but mm. I like, I, I've like i been playing Power Wash Simulator, which is a game I never thought I would ever play, and I already have like 20 hours into that game, so I, I guess it just depends on the person. I, I mm-hmm. understand the kind of materialistic I need to own this and when I own it and spend $60 on it I'll actually play it but mm-hmm. I just I, I guess I've just kind of mentally got gotten over that yeah you're very disciplined Oren I, I respect that about you I uh, I wish I could be as disciplined as you <laughs> you beat <laughs> games with such like efficiency it's like god how did he fucking do that yeah that's <laughs> I think impressive. you're kind of an anomaly like I feel like most people are the types i don't know this is an overgeneralization i don't know the demographics of who purchases game pass right like does someone who play plays like a lot of league and like competitive stuff are they even like interested in a game pass or are they cool just like playing the free to play or like the the one competitive shooter you know they're playing warzone or they're playing fortnite or whatever like i i feel like that's a lot of people and like are they doing game pass and if they are like they might yeah they don't they don't care to like beat a full game. They're like, whatever, I'll drop this and move on to the next thing or whatever. Um, so yeah, you're just you're just wrong and weird as a as a person. <laughs> no, not wrong, just uh, strange. You're an outlier, maybe. We we should uh, we should collect data uh, if this data exists of how many Game Pass players consistently like beat the games on yeah. Game Pass, or if they just on average play it for twenty minutes and they're like, oh, I'm gonna just go play League. Mm-hmm. 
but so maybe but you're probably right my instinct is that yes i am an anomaly and i have a completionist urge right uh yeah yeah <laughs> but, well i remember when i talked to garrett this I, th- I think i said this before but garrett was like dude how does Oren beat so many games <laughs> he was like so impressed with your ability to beat games it's like he was asking me i was like i don't know man you're gonna have to ask Oren. uh guy's a machine i'm a machine i'm a creature of the screens <laughs> mm. uh system shock 2 remake has been dated again what do you guys you guys want to wager on it coming out march 2nd 2023 or wait maybe it's just march 2023 system shock 2 sorry system shock the remake I'm, okay i'm all over the place gotcha. today <laughs> i was like that doesn't isn't exist there also <laughs> isn't there also system shock 3 though that's rumored that's been canceled I mean, was it canceled officially? Yeah. Or, well, I know someone from behind the scenes. I knew before it was officially canceled. (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, man. This is a big uh, announcement. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) It's already been official. I I properly NDA'd it. Uh, (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, dude. Officially dead. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, I didn't know that. That's crazy. I I knew that Tencent bought it, and then it was like literally just Warren Spector working on it. <laughs> just but, one um, guy. Just one, he was like, I got all this. Uh, wow. Okay, that's that's shocking. That game <laughs> nice. was was pretty nebulous. But uh, anyway, the yeah. System Shock remake from Night Dive Studios has yeah. it had a it's been it's been in a rolling release date cascade for a couple of years now. What do you guys think? Will it come out? I don't know. I think <laughs> your bad, Oren. I think it'll come out. Wasn't there right. a demo? Oh, there's a great demo. Yeah, the demo's That's very so, good too. It exists, kind sure. of. I don't mean way. will it ever come out. I mean will it come out in March? Oh, I don't care. I'll yeah. wait for a couple years. <laughs> you know, what? I'm gonna say it's not gonna come out in March. It's gonna be delayed to June, and then it will come out in June. That's a and safe. I'm not one. betting money on that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's like your jump crash box. Like they they've delayed it a couple times now, so like I could I could see it. Yeah. Stephen Kick keeps updating about it on Twitter, so hopefully, uh, there you go. Hopefully something's happening. All right. Um, last bit of news is is personal news. I, I've joined the club of Switch owners. My my partner Mary is about to have a, a baby, and her work sent her a Switch to play while she was you know oh my God. long laboring. Which was like the most awesome thing. Um, so I, I finally, this backlog, I can finally finish my 2017 backlog. Uh, I've been playing some Switch stuff, so that's that's kind of cool. Like like Breath of the Wild and like Breath Super of Mario Wild Odyssey and, and Super stuff. Mario Odyssey. <laughs> okay, the, the two games I literally went to Target immediately and yeah, purchased. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. The two killer apps for uh, sure. Yeah. Is there anything else? You know, I will say, um, just on this topic, I remember buying the Switch and, and playing those two games and being like, wow, this is what a what an opener for this console. What is this Switch console going to be like coming on? <laughs> there really hasn't been quite anything like those two games since. Mm. Yeah, that's, I feel like Nintendo does that. They drop like their four or five games. They're like, and that's it. That's, that's this console. <laughs> See you next time. And then here's a bunch of Mario Party games for five years. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the user experience is not incredible. I I knew this to be true, but I'm still irked that I purchased a million games on the Wii, of which I own none now. And yeah. the expense the, the games are expensive, right? So we talk about who are the people that use Game Pass, right? Well, I use Game Pass because I got an Xbox, and it I can have a hundred games installed on yeah. my Xbox. 
I had to go spend a hundred dollars on two five year old games. God damn. Yeah. Uh, I was literally popped out of Benjamin and watched it just vaporize into two pieces of plastic. So, uh, yeah, Switch is expensive. Um, there's not a ton of games. I have the OLED model. That screen is glorious. Beautiful screen. Um, don't, don't you have an OLED television? I have both. That's yeah, I, I, I'm all OLED. I'm looking at you through organic LEDs oh, right I now. I am too, bud. All yeah. right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're on equal footing. I just don't so need a we, smaller Yeah. <laughs> well, because Mary's going to use it purportedly, uh, you know, in handheld mode. So in yeah, handheld right. mode, it's actually, it looks really good. Yeah. Um, the the Joy-Con is having trouble, so we have to RMA it, which is kind of uh, irksome. Uh, but, uh, and it's, uh, you know, they really need to put out like a, a Switch Pro, Switch 2. I don't know what it's going to be because 900p ain't cutting it on a, on a big TV, these, a big modern TV. No. It's, it's a little, but you know, it looks nice. I, I like it. I'm stoked. I played Breath of the Wild till like three in the morning, which yeah. is why I'm calling, uh, games by improper names <laughs> I, I, I lost some sleep with my switch so it's it's pretty cool very nice huh yeah i mean you know you could have just emulated breath of the wild on your oled television oh, oh, oh i've tried that that is a pain in the ass it's not Seaman. that bad it's it was too much <laughs> annoying work for me i i was like dude simu was was a bitch i would yeah. like i had it going and i'm like oh it's i need to like spend like three hours compiling shaders or something yeah. um <laughs> three hours it's no joke uh i i have the hardware to make it a reality but it was just a little too challenging or just a little too much of a pain for me to want to do it i'm i'm the type i i don't know i get this weird joy out of setting up emulation or like jailbreaking a console like there's something about that like that that process for some reason i like Mm -hmm. i did that with a wii u i never play that wii u but i'm glad i got to go through that whole process i have the ability to play like every wii u game if i wanted to probably won't but like i did it that was fun i guess i'm messed up in the head clearly no that's, it is, it is yeah. cool though actually yeah hacky playful fun stuff right fun. yeah yeah like i mean you know i followed instructions i didn't i didn't hack it but you know yeah yeah anyway yeah. all right well switch is fun uh maybe more on that in a few minutes guys have we all been playing Proteus? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I beat yes. Him. I yeah. also beat it. Well, no shit, you beat it. <laughs> <laughs> I have not quite beaten it, but I think I'm like 80, 90% of the way through the game. Uh, I've been replaying a lot of levels, so taking my time. Yeah. You're playing it too, Zach? Yeah, I've, I, I don't know how far. I don't feel like I'm that far. I haven't had like a ton of time. And I was actually, you know, I'll like try to play it at night. And this doesn't speak to the quality of the game at all, but I was falling asleep playing it one night. And so, Whoa. <laughs> like, I d- literally, so like, mean. it's not the game at all. My brain is just really bad. Like, <laughs> I could fall asleep playing video games now. It's it's quite sad. I was like, hmm. I was like co-oping Dead Space 3 once. Fell asleep. What's wrong with I me? I could just imagine you, you're just like killing all these demons and it's just super, like, high adrenaline and you're just like slowly falling asleep yeah. doing it just <laughs> <laughs> just running into a wall getting melted by the lava below me yeah <laughs> you just you just like try to jump across a gap, gap but then you fall asleep right when you jump and you just yeah. fall right into the lava kind of yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so i i haven't had a ton of time and when it's late my brain has been shutting off so 
yeah i've tried to stay up but i can't good game though proteus do we think this is indeed a good game yeah i I think it's a good game i think it's one maybe yeah the best uh shooter since uh since doom 2016 eternal agreed i think (laughs) (laughs) i actually it's funny that you say that i was listening to a bombcast like a while ago and i think ben pack made that claim he was like i think proteus is giving me what doom eternal is not giving me and i thought that was an interesting claim so it felt like the sequel to doom 2016 yeah i was like the sequel i wanted you know what i mean like it feels more like a real sequel to doom than either of the doom games do like yeah it incorporates more of the, the aspects of the earlier doom games Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a mix of 2016 and, and two, really. And Eternal, it's got dashing. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I like the uh, platforming more in this game, though. For some reason, oh, I yeah. think the reason I think the reason why is the level design is really great. Uh, I never feel like I get lost, and the platforming is really integrated into the level design in a way that gives it so much flow. Because yeah, when I play Doom Eternal. Or, like, any of the classic Doom games. I'm not, like, well-versed enough in those games that, like, sometimes I'll just straight up get lost. Like, mm-hmm. And I know that's part of the design philosophy of those games. But this one, I never truly felt lost. I always felt like the level was guiding me toward the key or to the area that I needed to go yeah. to. And I just thought that was so impressive. It felt... It's, like, linear, but not totally linear. It, it felt good. Yeah, they'll do... Yeah, really at do. least in the early levels, they'll do it where it's, like... You know, there's the where you need the two keys and you kind of go off and like branch off into these other sections to get them. Um, but yeah, it's it's not like a, a maze or whatever. It's not <laughs> hiding what you need to do. Right. Yeah, I like how the maps also were like you start out outside and you go into the tech base or you go out from the tech. Like it has all this like old school design of like a hyper verticality. That's something that I noticed. When I was just playing dark forces. I was like, Oh, these levels are so vertical. Like there's like, mm-hmm. you're looking at these mountains and cliffs and everything's like, cause it, cause like old do maps were just sectors, which are just like boxes that are raised up and down. And that's how they make the maps. Right. So like that, the maps, I think they were had to be defined by some level of verticality. Like that's like, that's like what made the 3d 3d ness about it. Um, and I think it's something that was kind of lost in a lot of modern games, much more flat maps. But this game had that kind of verticalness. On, not every level, but some levels really did. Like one level with the um, slime that you like rises up and down. You have to shoot the little rafts that come up. You know. Yes. You know that yes. Level? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. That mm-hmm. level was really cool, and it has mm-hmm. a very, very vertical. Yeah, it's cool too, when you're done with the level and you're like, "Oh, I'm all the way up here. I wasn't even. I didn't even think about the slime raising up, and now I'm like, I'm descending down." Yeah. Yeah, that was a really cool level. Hmm. It's also not uh, it's doesn't awesome. have a huge emphasis on nonstop battle arenas. Something I wanted to mention. I love battle arenas. I love them myself. But uh, I did think in Eternal it got a little bit like okay, let's give some more exploration, a little bit less just constant battle arenas because Eternal felt like sure. battle arena to battle arena to battle arena, and which and they're good, they're really fun. But I like some like I don't know exploration combat too. You know, you pop around a corner, and an enemy comes out of you. I don't know that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I re- it felt very. It was so varied in a way that I, I thought was really satisfying. And I don't know. The guns feel really good. Uh, I feel oh my, God, my one yeah. criticism of the game is I feel like, I don't know that this is a hot take, but I feel like the shotgun could feel better. What? Just a little fuck? bit. The base shotgun? I'm sorry. Especially the base shotgun. The, the other shotgun feels good, but it's just like, I don't know. 
Yeah. I wish the shotguns just felt a little better, but the Gatling gun feels so good. Oh my god, <laughs> you, I love the Gatling gun. My favorite gun is the Shredders, the dual wield assault rifles. Oh yeah, 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 those are great. Straight those up Wolfenstein. Great. I love. Those. Yes, so fun. So satisfying. I don't know. I actually I, love the shotgun. I do yeah. think it, it just doesn't do. I love the way it feels and sounds. I just think it could do like a hair bit more damage sometimes. That's yeah. my, that'd be my only critique of it. But I think the, the shotgun and the feedback of it, and the animations are really good in the shotgun. I think the, yeah. it, it, it the alt feels... fire sucks though. What? Like, what I does the alt fire even do? I'm what does it even do? Every it's time, a, like sniper shot. Yeah, yeah I use it all I, the time. Yeah. Once I got the double barrel shotgun, I never used. The it's almost like again. the precision right. bolt in Doom Eternal. Like it's it is like a main weapon for me. That like that shotgun and the alt fire. Like I'm I'm shooting dudes from super far. Like I don't I like it better than the sniper they give you. <laughs> yeah, it's and really it only uses one bullet. <laughs> wanted to mention the pistol is like one of the best pistols ever yeah. yes yes mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a rifle. Pistol. the pistol is a rifle it's great yeah. i i love it when they make a pistol a rifle in a shooter it's it's what you want yeah did halo start that yes halo was like the Man. first game to do yeah, that right <laughs> that's totally true the halo pistol was a beast it was a sniper <laughs> oh rifle with God. no scope um yeah. Like, we had a scope. <laughs> right. Oh, it's literally it? the best weapon in Halo is the pistol. Yeah, no question. <laughs> um, or hmm, maybe CS, like the Deagle. But in any case, hmm. yeah, this game, it has, it, it, it does feel so much to me like those original Doom games and that it doesn't have the battle arenas. It doesn't have a lot of the, um, some of the pieces that Doom 2016 and particularly Doom Eternal, but it still has the same feeling, right? Like a good retro first person shooter can give you that sort of intensity that you feel like when you're playing a multiplayer match, right? Like you just like, you're just constantly moving, you're constantly scanning, there's no mental downtime in a fight. And the mental downtime is sort of exploration and finding secrets and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many secrets. I've been going back and yeah. them. Yeah. That's yeah. like a big thing of 90s games, it's like secrets. I thought it's an art. I thought it's a little me talking about this, and it was like so true. Like they all, so they were all influenced by arcade games, which are all full of secrets, obviously. So that that's I like that they have that. Like I've been going back and getting the ores for all the levels because apparently once you beat the game, you can get the uh, auto shotgun, which I haven't gotten yet, and I wanted to try hmm. it because it seemed like it could be fun. Oh yeah. yeah, why hide that at the end of the game? Maybe it's too know. OP. Maybe yeah. Yeah, that's probably it. Uh. They- so- uh, I just want to mention one more thing. There's there's one like uh, unwritten rule that classic Doom does and Quake does that I've always thought is like super genius is uh, hit scanner enemies have low health unless they're a boss. So like all the enemies that have hit scan weapons die in one hit usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and this game seems to do that too. None of the enemies that have hit scan weapons are like tanky. Like Duke Nukem did that. Like the enemies had tons yeah. of health and they hit scan you. And it wasn't really that super that, that fun. Um, yeah. This game, they totally got that right. That all the enemies that have a lot of health have projectile weapons that you can dodge. I so feel like the, do the, the shot, huh. I think the shotgunners have a little bit more health than like a base zombie dude, right? Like they're they they have yeah they're not so weak, but yeah they're they're not like it's like one or two. Yeah. You can drop them fast. Yeah, you can like a flick shot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like when you're yeah. in that moment when they're in a crowd, it's like all right, I'm gonna choose them and I'm gonna do a couple shots to them and then you know, but it's it's not like you're spending your whole fight, you know, focused on them. And and they give you ample time to, like, find cover, right? Like, they shoot pretty irregularly. It's, you know, it's a shotgun they're using. They're not using an assault rifle. So that's, mm-hmm. yeah. that, I, I'm very grateful. <laughs> yeah, same to snipers. Uh, they can be dropped quick. Yeah, and Let you can see where they're here. aiming from, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, which is key, because otherwise you that would be... 
uh, Medal of Honor all over again. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, so I was playing this game and about five hours in, I'm asking myself, this game is great. It feels really, really good. But is this game just Doom? Because as far as I could tell, the map design was clearly following sort of uh, John Romero, like hallmarks of, of level design. The weapons were all very much the same. The enemies were the same. Um, and I was like, so is this just like the best Doom mod? And as I played it more, I was like, no, no, this this game has it does more than enough. But what do you guys think about that? Like, does this does this game take take it to the next level enough to to qualify as being more than just a Doom mod with different graphics? Doom clone, I'd say, not a mod. Doom clone, yeah. yeah. It feels too modern. Like it takes too many cues from modern games. Like, at, like as Kevin was saying, the dual wielding guns. Just uh, the the level design just being so um, perfect, and I don't know. It's like kind of like linear, but not linear. Like that feels like a hallmark of recent level design. Even the uh, the, the the sprites, I thought it was really inspired that when you when you shoot enemies, um, like you can actually see where like the bullet hits them. Like it like it has like hit detection. Like you can blow their leg off. Yeah, I feel like I've never seen. Maybe I don't play enough classic games, but I feel like I don't see that really in any of those classic games. I don't know. There's just too many modern design flourishes for it to just be classic Doom, in my opinion. Yeah. And it's it's got, you know, mouse look, which is huge. But um, <laughs> like it's uh, I think like adding stuff like reloading and uh, changing some of the enemies and like the the map design clearly, and Kevin can speak more to this. Some of the map designers are are veteran Doom map designers. It, it definitely feels very much like Doom too, but it's just like so polished, and and like Orin saying, taking some of those hallmarks of like clarity and readability of like where you need to go next, so you don't get lost. Right. Um. Yeah. It, it's it, it feels like a really good like like I was saying, it feels like Doom the Doom three that I maybe wanted in some ways that the other Doom games aren't. Not that I don't love those games. You know what it's kind of like? It's kind of like listening to Chuck Berry. Like, that's the first Doom. It's like kind of like, oh, this is new. Like, this is a new thing. This guy is doing a new kind of rock and roll. And then playing this game is more like listening to the Rolling Stones. It's like, oh, it's like there's been a couple decades. There's Well, not decades, but there's been like years of iteration. And now we're at XL on Main Street. Like, that's kind of what it feels like to me. It's like the same riff, but just kind of completely refined over iteration. That's what Proteus feels like to do. I like that. When I was playing it, I was thinking they took a lot. Um, I'm pretty into Doom modding, and I have been for a long time. Not, I don't do so myself, but I do. I always read the Kako Awards, which are like the like yearly mods by like the Doom World people who are really you know really into that the enthusiast scene. And uh, I felt like they took a lot of like what the modders were doing. So I guess Aaron, when he said Doom mod, he wasn't entirely wrong, but I think it's not, not accurate, obviously, still. But I, I think there, that's, there's definitely something there in that. I think they took, like, the gore uh, from Brutal Doom. I'm not actually a huge fan of Brutal Doom, but I, I think the gore <laughs> of it is very funny. And this yeah. game is, like, one of the goriest games like, I've ever played. Like, you're just splattering yeah, yeah. the game like <laughs> the walls. I was, I was it's say, so juicy. That was, like, yeah, I was going to say, this is the literal, like, juiciest game I've ever played. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is blinding. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then they also got, um, for a lot of the maps, Dragonfly, who worked on Eve Eternity, which I've talked about in this podcast before, as I love it. It's, like, my favorite Doom mod, like, ever. Uh, I definitely think... Uh, the maps are are very well made but they're very and they're very like doom like i think like walking into an environment and like seeing like 
acid pools like in like a technical base i'm like that is very doom like <laughs> that design and a lot of the way the maps are construed is like, i'm like oh i could see this in classic doom but it definitely feels like modern map design like on that it's like it's like modern old school maps so mm. uh re- i think it's really good i think it's kind of like the best of, of both worlds in, in in most ways i think like most of the weapons and enemies are all from doom but they're all the 2016 or eternal variations of them like you can remote detonate the rocket launcher shotguns every weapon has an alt fire like like class team obviously didn't have that um you can jump and shoot rockets down like quake and all that kind of jazz so i do think it's kind of like i don't know it's kind of the game i've been wanting and it kind of like came out of nowhere for like a long time i'm, I'm very impressed with it I had a lot of fun it's, it's awesome that it came to game pass as well because yeah. i think it's one of those games that would get kind of buried a little bit but I think putting it on a platform like Game Pass, a, ca- a more casual person like myself might. No, though, like not not that I'm like a casual, but I, sometimes I, I don't go out of my way to go on Steam to search out these titles. And the fact that it's just on the platform of Game Pass, I really went out of my way to play it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's also notable that it's a game that like Kevin and I talked about this game. I want to say two years ago on the pod when it was in early access. It's it's one of the first uh, of this sort of retro boomer, whatever you want to call them, shooter games to exit early access and do so in a really positive state. So that's hopefully that bodes well for for the future. But um, yeah, I don't know. Hell yeah, what, what are you, great game. Well, wait, I got what? What? There's a few things that like I don't like about this game. Whoa, Can we talk about the save system? <laughs> save system i do mm. not like yeah it's yeah. it's the got the bioshock problem where it's like all right well i can just clear it out now i died and yeah for the people listening uh when you die you go to these points and it doesn't restart anything you're just basically just spawn over there with all your health and weapon, like ammunition back and then you can just clear out a room and it doesn't like i get they probably don't want you to save scum but this isn't better <laughs> like the challenge isn't there it's just I guess, and so the levels have that um, sort of, I guess, grading or like, you know, there's like, do it without it dying, do it in a specific amount of time, kill all the enemies. I think those are the three like criteria for like uh, perfecting the level. And um, so I think the game wants you to restart completely so you can try and not just die in general. But in doing so, it makes a first playthrough very casual. Even yeah, probably I, even on the hardest difficulty. What what difficulty is everyone playing on? I start, I'm playing on hard. I don't know what very everyone hard. else is doing. You're very hard. I did hard. Uh, whatever was above hard. I played on until the final battle. I had to do uh-huh. everything. I did everything on very hard, and then I went back to hard. The last level was too hard on very hard. Okay. What's the yeah. what's that? What's it's, there's there's three after hard, or there's two after hard. I don't remember what the very hard, and then <laughs> I think what? ultra hard. Yeah. Okay. Like so I was playing stupid hard. hard. It's like yeah. stinky hard. Yeah. 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 Um. Honestly, I think even the highest difficulty is pretty tolerable. Obviously, with the save system in place, you can you can cheese. I, I do think that the intended way is, is to restart the level. And I could see a lot of value in playing it because I am replaying a lot of these levels. So I can yeah. see going back. And, and, I, and I have done that, actually, to replay some levels. But like, I hope that they put in an option to select it as like a checkpoint system or something. Like, There's been a lot of... Like people don't want saves coming, right? You're making these retro games. Gloom yeah. would put in a, a pure checkpoint system, which works really well for that game. 
I, I would love to see them add that. That would basically make this like a 10 out of 10 for me if, if they did that. Right now, it's it's like got to deduct some points for that because it, it robs a little bit of the tension from some of these combat like encounters when I like die and it's like I just about have it and then I die because I get blindsided and then I go back and there's just two dudes to mop up. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they should just do checkpoints. That's how I, that's how I think too. I, I would be better, I agree. Checkpoints. Yeah. It just takes some attention. There should be a penalty for dying. You have to replay the encounter or something of that nature. A non-score based. I mean, yeah. in my preference, right? Like, I, I'm not, I didn't make this game. I'm sure the people who developed it had a reason for doing this, but I don't prefer it personally. Yeah. This yeah. is kind of reminding me of because uh, Zach brought up Bioshock. I remember when I played through Bioshock the first time, I was like, I, I hate how there's no tension in this game. And then I think I started mentally going like, okay, I'm going to just play this game. And every time I die, I have to like restart the level or go back to my last save point. And that improved the experience so much. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I agree. I think the Proteus, because I did feel that, though for like, the, I will say uh, for later levels, there are some levels that don't have Nexus points as Kevin was alluding oh, okay. to. And that yep. that was so that was such a wake up call because I was playing the game like oh this game is so easy there's mm -hmm. not really any tension and then I was like oh fuck I have to actually like try now <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but that's not a good thing to like ingrain for the first I don't know maybe three fourths of the game I don't know how long it takes yeah. for them to stop adding exactly. nexus points but like you know if you if you're not expecting it then you're not trying as hard throughout. I also, another flaw that I have with the game, I just don't like flight, fighting the uh, Proteus blue guys. They're just not that fun to fight compared to the other. Cause I want to see the gore. I like red blood, not blue blood. Get that <laughs> shit out of here. <laughs> That's it? Just color? Just the color you don't like? The blue yeah, blood reminds it's like, me of Halo. I, I don't like it. Oh, yeah. so it's much like Halo. Halo. Yeah. yeah. It's the grunt <laughs> blood. The grunt blood, exactly. Fuck that shit. I want real blood. I'm a psychopath. So I mean, you get addicted to it after that. Like those, those just massive, like screen-sized gushers of yeah. blood. Yeah, yeah. It's, just you're like, what the fuck? You sorry. get the minigun and you go like on this little train <laughs> and like the yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just zombie. And like my frame rate was like lowering from all the particle emitters really? going on. Just <laughs> so much blood. Uh, yeah, it's cracking me up. Yeah, but. <laughs> Proteus is uh, it's a real it's a real strong. It's going to definitely place highly on my game of the year list. Yes, Pretty me too. freaking awesome. So it like shooter. officially released this year? Is that Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Like I know it, it was not out for a while early access. early access. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is 1.0. Um and it's got some multiplayer. It's got pretty fun co-op. You can mm -hmm. play with oh, your friends, sure. but uh right. which is cool. Up to 4 players. I, I love that they put it on consoles because it's the type of game that like often Gets the console releases get ignored. Like you can't play Dusk on console yet, except Switch, I guess. Yeah. But um, Switch, yeah. like like so, I love that like a bigger audience and, and like Orn was saying, like I guess this is the counterpoint to the Deathloop players. Only you know a third of them not completing the tutorial. Like a lot of people that would never play this game. And by the way, this game has five star. It did last time I checked. Maybe this has changed. It had five a five star rating on the Microsoft Store, which oh, wow. I've never seen before. So that was uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, Microsoft Store is full of trolls for some reason. Not sure what's up with that. They all give everything bad ratings. Odd. They're they're just very particular. They've got taste. You know what I'm saying, or something. Yeah, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I think it also was like overwhelmingly positive on Steam. So it's people really like it. Check out Proteus. It's on Steam, 
It's on all the. I think it's on all the consoles. Or is it only on Xbox? I am know. actually not sure. I did not do my due diligence on that. Let's. But see. it is on Xbox. It does, it is on Game Pass, as I said. Oh earlier. yeah, it's on it's on everything. It's on Switch. It's on Holy yeah, shit. Switch. Okay, well that's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's and it, it plays really well. Look good at like 500p. I mean, I turned on the 360p filter. That just felt right. It felt too clean without it, <laughs> and like the guns I, were too pixely, yeah. like contrasted with like the the 3D worlds. So I was like, I need to pixelate all this out. Yeah, mm-hmm. you want coherence. You turn yeah. the aliasing up. Exactly, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oren, what the hell is Power Wash Simulator? Okay, Power Wash Simulator is uh, so so. There 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 are many great games that came out this year, and then there's the greatest, which is Power Wash Simulator. No, just, Wait, <laughs> not Immortality, not Elden Ring. <laughs> no, well, those are those are my games of the year. But like, <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just messing around. However, uh, I do want to say a little uh, story, give a little background on Power Wash Simulator. So. I found out about this game through SkillUp, the YouTuber. He reviewed it, and he was like, this game is really good, and it's a simulator game. I never play simulator games, but you should play this game. And then I looked into it. It was, like, published by Square Enix, of all people. Like, yeah, that's, I didn't what, know that. What, is it a Western <laughs> like, dev? <laughs> yeah, it's just... Well, it's a Western dev, but it's like Square Enix publishing a simulator game? What? But <laughs> also, that, I thought they like, sold off all their Western devs. That's weird that they... And franchises even, so that's odd. Yeah, I I don't know like I don't know the full story, but I just not, like I'm assuming that it was an indie dev that just got picked up by Square Enix because they must have seen something in this game to be like it's going to be under the Square Enix umbrella. But yeah, it's weird because you think they just got rid of you know all of that, or they wouldn't even consider that. So that piqued my interest, and then I looked at the Steam page. It has like 25,000 reviews and it's overwhelmingly positive. And I'm like, what the fuck? What is going on? So, and then, oh, and on top of that, Mike Carlson, listener and frequent guest of the podcast, he, he I checked, uh, I was kind of spying on his uh, game Xbox gamer page <laughs> and he has like over two days of hours into this game. So I'm like, what wow. the, what, what is this game? So I started playing it. I like could not get into it for an hour or two. I just did not get it. I don't want to clean. But as the more that I played this Power Wash game, the more gamified I realized it was and how much variety there is in this game. And I, I, I have like over 20 hours into it now. And I convinced a friend of mine, yo, we got to play co-op in this game. And he was the same way. He's like, I don't want to fucking clean. <laughs> and it was... We started playing it at 10 o'clock and then by five in the morning, we were like, okay, we have to stop ourselves. We have ruined our sleep schedule. We cannot do this. And this was like on a Wednesday. Oh my God. So anyway, Power Wash Simulator is what is an it? amazing game. What do you like, do in this game? Is it, is you it like, it. is it super simmy? Like, is it like, all right, so you have to like use a hose and like figure like, or is it is it actually a simulation game or is that yeah, just kind why of is like it, why is it name? called that? Is it like a goat simulator? It's basic no, it's a straight up power wash game. Like basically <laughs> the, the the way it works is each level you just have to clean something, like a be- yeah. someone's backyard, somebody's car, whatever, and there's all this grime everywhere. There's all this dirt everywhere. And 
and and what you just have to do is you have this power wash gun and it you can fit it with multiple different nozzles like there's a red nozzle that shoots like a straight line that's high pressure there's a yellow nozzle that has more spread a green one that has more spread but less pressure and then a white one that has almost no pressure but it's like a wide kind of like shotgun type spread yeah so there's like a lot of ways you can tackle how you clean stuff and this game does something brilliant where when you clean any surface in the game um, there's like a ding noise to, to signify that you cleaned that surface and you can now move on and it is such a dopamine hit like straight to your brain <laughs> like, yeah. like when it's like you're like spraying like this window and then ding and then you spray like a like a, the floor ding and it's just it's dangerous it's it's dangerous it's but, like a headshot and counter-strike i see hmm. <laughs> exactly exactly it's it, it takes a lot of the gamification that you see in like a doom game and applies it to just cleaning surfaces and it's just i've gotten to the point in this game where like when i first started playing it if i saw a whole room that was just full of grime i would be like oh i don't want to do this but now when i see a room full full of dirt and grime i'm like oh yeah this is it i'm so excited to clean this room <laughs> um so this isn't like a realistic game, right? Would, no. Okay. That's that's what I'm it's more, it's thinking. Like, like it's like a farming gotcha. simulator where like you're actually like trying to simulate, I don't know, the physics of dirt on things and like you yeah, know, like you of... have like real brands of hoses and you like know the differences. Like that's what I that's my perception of simulator. Um, but this is just this is more the ironic simulator, like all oh. good good sim and yeah. You know. Okay, all right, all right. Or like um, Viscera cleanup crew, maybe. Right, that's what I was thinking of. When this you is the well, same game, right? Yeah, and I was right. like, a- imagine actually... with this with this square license, if they you could clean up the Shinra building after Sephiroth was attacked <laughs> yeah. or something, you know, wouldn't that be incredible? <laughs> it's a square. I mean, go on, take advantage of that. I, I, I actually like. Uh, I I I wouldn't say it's like ironic, like a goat simulator. It's more like. And more like it, it, it gamifies cleaning, yeah, completely. So it's not it like trying to simulate it. as much as gamify it, and that's what makes it so engaging. Yeah, I would call it if I were to put it into a genre. Genre, I almost wouldn't call it a simulator. It's more like, um, like a calm first-person shooter, yeah. like an anti-violent first-person okay. shooter. I hmm. guess uh, what I would compare it to is something like Death Stranding, which gamifies you know, moving a bunch of shit from point A yeah. to point B to the point that it's actually fun. I was going to mention like, that. That is, that is what this game does. Um, and it, it, it gets really fun with it too. Like obviously when the game starts out, you clean more realistic locations, like someone's car, someone's backyard, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. But then it gets kind of goofy. Like you, you, you clean like Hansel and Gretel's house. You clean okay. a Sphinx in Egypt. Like it, it gets really goofy with it. And the game is a lot of fun in co-op. Like, it's such a... It's so much fun because you can just talk about whatever and all you're doing is just cleaning stuff. It's kind of like playing Sea of Thieves. It's just a very... Unless you're doing PvP and Sea of Thieves, yeah. it's like a very tensionless <laughs> experience. It's like a chat room. Right. Okay. Um, so, it's awesome. Uh, I can't sing its praises enough. It's definitely going to be... Uh, I've been actually looking at my top 10 games of the year, uh, like, this past week, to kind of see where I'm at. And Power Watch is going to be pretty high up there because I just think it's a very few games surprise me these days. 
<laughs> and that game surprises me. I'm like, wow, this is new. This is interesting. This is fun. It's maybe a little dangerously addicting, <laughs> but it's it's a it's a really great game. And um, if we ever have Mike on the podcast again, I, w- I definitely want to pick his brain about it to hear his thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. I ever asked him about it a little bit. And I just I just this I had the same thought like Death Stranding. I was like, oh, like I don't know if this is a game that I want to play, but like I also like games that I don't think I'd want. It was like they'd be like the best games, the ones that I don't think I'd like. Like, mm. <laughs> like Death Stranding, like I was like, I, man, I don't know if delivering packages. I don't know. Yeah. But, it's it's so funny because another thing that's funny about this game is I've gotten so into this game that when I first started playing it, I would listen to like podcasts or whatever. But now I just really love the sound of the water in the game. It like, has this ASMR quality to mm-hmm. it that like it's become like this zen meditation experience, just washing stuff. And it's, it's actually been really helpful for me in the, at this point of the year because October at my job is just like in September is just kind of like a really stressful time for a lot of people, too. Oh, okay. So it's just nice to turn off the laptop, play this game and just not think. You know, it's it's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Great, great game. It looks uh, it looks like a game where you just pee on stuff, but you know, like you know what, at... peeing can feel good. Yeah, just no, like it's a... purging. You know, it's interesting. I'll have to check it out. I'm like <laughs> scared because you're saying that you were up. Although it is often that I notice that a uh, that a certain Oren Luck is is up very late on Xbox playing video games. I'm like. Eh. You know, it's gonna be a rough day tomorrow for him but um, <laughs> it's just sometimes sometimes it just happens you know like yeah it's just like i mean yeah i'm in the same spot when i notice so it's, <laughs> it's it's gonna be i'm first thinking it's gonna be a rough day for me and then i'm like oh uh that sounds cool all right well did you guys play overwatch 2 no, no. i played I a little bit not... i played like three rounds did okay did, did you play the wait for the menu screen game? Yes, I played that game a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think I got like seven, eight hours of that. Yeah. Video Game Donkey definitely uh, made that video, right? Where it's just like four minutes of him being like, yeah, this game's great. It's just a loading screen or whatever. <laughs> did he really make that video? <laughs> yeah, he did. Oh, God. I, I can't, maybe, I can't remember if he was like this. I don't, well, the whole time he's like, I don't know if this game's fun, but... <laughs> <laughs> you just watch the loading screen. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Uh tell us about Overwatch 2, Kev. Uh it's the sequel to Overwatch 1, which is awesome. a TF2 style uh hero shooter. Um and uh the weird thing about this game that I thought was odd is they killed the first game to make this game. So the first game yeah, no what the longer fuck? First game no longer exists, which is a very strange move. Uh, I understand like what they were thinking, which was like, "Hey, let's let's just transport everything into Overwatch 2, and this will be the free to play <coughs> package that everyone want to play." And this is this is this is where you get Overwatch, but it just is, and we don't want to split the market up. But it just seems, I don't know, it just seems weird because Overwatch One is Overwatch. Everyone, we all know Overwatch, right? So it's just odd to like kill, to kill a game. Just, to, <laughs> I don't know, it's just it's a weird move to me. So uh, they they killed it, and um, I'm I if I had to guess. Part of the reason they were having launch issues was they were getting denial of service attacked, which sucks. Uh, that's not fun. But uh, I just wonder if it's from people who are mad about them killing the first game. Like I just because I, I one important detail. I, I don't know. This, this is just me 
me just pondering. But I also just wonder if maybe it has anything to do with the fact that the first game was 6v6, Overwatch 2 is 5v5. So oh. if you were like in a competitive huh. team, you got to kick someone out suddenly. You know, if you're sponsored Overwatch pro- professional, and suddenly you just can't play the original version, and you're now you have to be 5v5. That kind of sucks. So it's just a different game now. It's a different thing. Um, yeah. But I didn't, I didn't really play that much because of the DOS problem. Mm. That is so weird that they just got rid of the old game. That, that that's wild to me, huh? It- it's crazy to me too because people paid money for that game i mean presumably anybody who bought that game could play this game once they sort out right. the uh the server issues but like yeah. you keep all your cosmetics and all your stuff we're, we're getting into that dark future where like digital goods are we're starting to see the things that people were talking about that were like you're crazy they're like they're gonna turn off your game like they turned off overwatch um I mean, I will say Overwatch 2 is basically the exact same game as, as much as I can tell <laughs> as Overwatch 1 with some very minor changes and the, the switch to 5v5, which I don't know how much that changes the meta. Probably a lot. I think it probably changes the whole game, I'd imagine. I mean, I imagine yeah. the whole, everything would change from that, I would think. But uh, I wonder why they didn't just make this like a patch and just go free to play like TF2 and Counter-Strike and a lot of other games have done instead of fully rebranding it as a sequel that's not doesn't seem to be substantially that do you think that that like the framing it as a sequel is the only way to like properly get hype or like to get the amount of hype that they want you know like it's it's just a marketing move because that's what interests people and not just like oh overwatch is getting a big update like and that might not break out of the already committed overwatch community Maybe the thing, the thing too that I think also is is uh, worth mentioning is a big part of the Overwatch Two pitch was that it has PVE modes, but oh, the game doesn't right. launch with PVE modes. <laughs> so PVE modes like PVE like modes. like raids or what? What does it have? I'm not sure, but because um, they don't exist, they don't <laughs> <Yeah>. exist. <laughs> was there any information on those? I, I I didn't hear about that. There uh there I think I think there was. I'm, I you could look into it. Um, hmm. But I definitely was going to try them. That's partly what I thought was cool about this game, and I, I was surprised to see they didn't have PVE modes on launch. But I'm sure that that they are coming. Yeah, are those going to be free, or I don't know if we even know any of that. You know, it's a okay. good question. Yeah. I don't know. From what I understand, to the uh, the the if you're a free to play player, the amount of time it takes to unlock all of the heroes from the first game is a substantial undertaking yeah i saw a picture of all the locked characters and it was that's a lot of people you cannot play as like you know old you know favorite heroes and it's like uh, you know you've got to do a lot of work now Mm. that sucks but i mean i guess that's any of these free-to-play hero-based games like a league or a you know the dota or whatever but it just feels weird when it's you know like all of these were available like last week (laughs) like i could play any of these characters last week if i wanted to yeah and i'm sure there will be some sort of monetary option to unlock them i know that that's often the case with these other games i guess that's Mm. that's the business model huh what do you think of the game kevin from what you played um so you know overwatch one uh i played a little bit at work and i thought it was okay uh the second one seems from what I can tell, the same game. Um, I when I was playing it again, I was surprised again how like it's a first-person shooter, but it had, the shooting feels so straightforward. 
in a way that felt I it I don't know like TF2 has simple shooting too and that's kind of like part of TF2 so it it doesn't surprise me because it's on that lineage but it seems even more simple I guess so I don't know I I I I haven't had a ton of fun playing it so far I didn't have a bad time either I was playing as the healer lady with the shield I don't know what her name is Bridget. <laughs> Um, and it was pretty fun, actually. Um, she doesn't have a gun, so she's like a melee character. But um, mm. I thought that the characters were designed in a way that seemed cool. Like I could, I think I could have fun playing with a group of people of friends. I think I could definitely. I haven't done that yet, so like I don't want to like really say like I dislike it or I love it yet because I haven't done that. That's so, right. my opinion. That's the way these games are meant to be played. It's like with people you know, like yeah. in a group context. So uh, yeah, I don't really have a lot of real opinions yet. Um, hmm. Okay. But, it does seem like TF2 with a lot more uh, abilities. And I guess yeah. TF2 actually also has that now because of all the new gear. Uh, <laughs> I actually thought the vanilla TF2 was like perfect. but Yeah. But yeah. So I played a bit of this game and I agree with what you say. The, the shooting is not rewarding. I, I think that this game very strongly wants to, to de-incentivize lone wolf gameplay. Uh, um, it. It yeah. reminds me of playing modern World of Warcraft, like Battlegrounds or Arena, where like characters are very slippery. There's lots of ways for quick for you to get someone to like 99% dead, and then a healer comes in and goes blank. So it can be very unsatisfying for the solo player, which which I think is by design, which is probably good design, but like is yeah. can be unsatisfying when you're a solo player. Um, I could see it being fun with other p- players. It really feels to me like like the competitive shooter for people who don't like shooting. Yeah. Like, like ultimately, like it's my it, it it really does feel like World of Warcraft without levels and gear, like yeah. like that that kind of thing. That's that seems accurate actually. That's yeah. how I was thinking too. I was kind of like, oh, the classes are kind of all like, okay, yeah. And there's a lot of heroes. I looked down and I was like, holy shit, there's too many of them. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. It kind of bothers me when there's like so many redundant classes. I think this game could be fun and I, I think people are going to love it. And I'm sure the competitive scene is going to go off. But like I get really skeptical of games that are going to constantly add heroes indefinitely. Like Valorant did that. Like when Valorant first launched, they had like 10 heroes or something. And it was pretty perfect. And they just keep adding more. And they, they, they don't have nearly as many as as uh, Overwatch 2 yet. But like someday they will uh rainbow six siege i want to say has like 150 operators or some what? some huge number maybe some maybe oh it's 50 God. but it's like 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 a massive number like yeah. you couldn't even ever name them all um and like the way it's just like the constantly shifting meta i think is perfect for people who play the games as that's their one game yeah but if you play it a little more casually a little frustrating what what are the differences between the heroes is it like everyone is these super different characters with different abilities or is it like yeah. oh she's kind of like oh it, yeah it is yeah. And it's, <laughs> they're all it's so much shit. like like it's like you know in tf2 you have like the heavy has like the minigun and he has a yeah. shotgun and he has a mm. pistol and he has a pu- punch or like the scout has a shotgun and like a pistol this game you have one gun per person you have like one yeah. weapon and you have your special attacks and they're like very situational things like hey i shoot like a little fire cone out or like mm-hmm. i freeze the enemy or like push them away like there's all these situational abilities so like you if you really want to play this game you'd have to learn essentially at a competitive level you have yeah. to learn every character's ability and then like how they could be employed in all these different situations so it does seem like there's a lot of investment uh required to to play it at that level which is a little bit daunting when you're first starting it's not like 
I don't know. It's not like a game that you can just look at and understand immediately. Right. I think maybe, you know, I'm thinking about TF2 because I played that in like 2012, 2013, 2014 when I was I was in in high school or just out of high school. And, um, you know, they had this was at the point when they were adding all these new weapons and stuff like that. You know, it was it was definitely not, you know, 2007 TF2. Right. Um, but there was a lot of stuff that you had to consider and like like what is this sniper gonna do is he gonna throw piss at me or is he gonna yeah. shoot me with his minigun or not minigun his little smg um and i think maybe having everyone be so hyper specific maybe makes it easier to visually distinguish who is gonna do what it's like oh they do the ice thing it's not like oh here is i don't know a character's name a tracer and like if she could use three different weapons that you could pick maybe it'd be harder to know so maybe there is some uh actual like uh uh, ease of understanding what you're seeing (laughs) you know especially in like a quick game like like overwatch it feels fast-paced to me at least from footage um Having like oh that silhouette means they're doing this and that's and that's it that's all they do maybe there is something good to that it's just yeah there's like 30, 40 people that you gotta know <laughs> yeah and they also have yeah. ultimate abilities which can like change a whole fight like in like one moment yeah uh, so those are yeah. also a lot to learn um, I just when I played I I was doing okay actually I was actually playing like pretty like high score as the healing mm-hmm. um, but I. I I we had a moment where we got killed by one guy on the other team. He did like his ultimate, he killed the entire team, and I was like, "Wait, what? I just am dead. I don't have any like recourse. I'm just that's it." Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Well, <laughs> I guess that's the name of the game. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 You should have been reading up on every single character before you played. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Of course. I. <laughs> you have mistake. to watch a hundred hours of YouTube videos to understand the meta first. Um, one more thing I'll say about this game, and, and it's it's true of almost all of these free-to-play games that don't have casual drop-in, drop-out lobbies, is that when you're playing a team-based game where you're committed to a round and you, there's a penalty for leaving the round early, not only does it hurt you and your like permanent score, but it also fucks your team over, um, It it's like a recipe for toxicity. Like There's just no way around it. If you're locked into a 30-minute game, let's say, with a team and everybody needs to be and it's a team-based game where everybody needs to be doing the right thing at the right time or the whole team suffers if one person does it wrong even if you know even if they're just learning or they're trying a new character or they make a mistake um it can be super frustrating and it can really create this like dynamic of i'm having a great match i'm having a horrible match that people complain about in games like league of legends and stuff uh i would like Uh, some games get around that yeah wow arena some some games get around that by having like a drop in drop out casual mode which i hope that they have they they may have something kind of like that yeah it's not quite the same though because you're not getting the the this the experience you know yeah you think of like like tf2 you can just join a server that's got you know way more players than you're supposed to have and you can Mm. guys just fuck around and play for a couple hours and you can leave like counter-strike does the same thing that kind of system is much more low stakes and much more pleasant to play i think if you're not hardcore so that's true. Hmm. Dedicated servers are the shit. Yeah. But even just drop out, I mean, yeah, drop in, drop out stuff. Like, because neither of those games I think have dedicated, or, or at least that's not what they primarily use, but it's they have a drop in, drop out mode um, that, that, that mimics the primary game. Yeah. I don't know. Oren, you, you, you look intrigued. I'm just like wondering if, because I haven't played the first one. I just, I just never played the first Overwatch. I was too busy playing titanfall 2 and like battlefield 1 at the time yeah, yeah. 
uh, would you guys recommend this game to someone who's new? It, it feels like too esoteric in a way because I keep hearing like, oh, you have to know what class to play as. You have to, you know, like there's kind of a recipe for toxicity if you leave a match and it's like all about teamwork and knowing like what to play. It just seems like uh, it's actually not that accessible to a newbie like me. So like, do you think there is an entry point for someone who's fairly new to over who is new to is. Overwatch? I would love to see you play it for, you know, spend a couple hours with it and see what you have to say about that exact question. Cause I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a newbie, but I have played a little bit of it and I, I understand the basic thing. It feels a little daunting, but it also feels like, like they have a matchmaking system that'll match you with similarly skilled players, which for my first few, few rounds meant that my team was just getting stomped. <laughs> but, um, like, <laughs> I think it there's a, it's, it didn't feel mechanically that hard. Like yeah, it seemed no, like not... it was intuitive. Like you could just pick it up and play. Like like you spend with like, your character. Like you know, a couple couple minutes, and you can kind of figure out like, oh, this does this, this does this, this does this, and then you can kind of apply it. And if you just stick close to your teammates, you'll probably do okay. I think it's I think it's approachable. I just think if you want to play it at any serious level, you'd have to really put some time in. I also thought it was intriguing that like you know with all of these load time issues but also there's been a lot of criticisms of this game just being overwatch 1.1 like a lot of people have been saying that the game still appears to be reviewing well and i thought that was interesting is it just like a strong enough gameplay loop even like six years later that people just still like it uh people i mean that game was a big deal when it came out in 2016 and it won a lot of game of the year awards so i'm not at the game awards yeah you mean oh so there you go yeah people really like it it's it is a little strange to me that that it's that well regarded wow so metacritic it has an 81 metacritic with a 1.3 user score uh (laughs) oh my god review bombed that tracks that tracks (laughs) but um uh, you know, for what it is, it's a strong product. Like, no question. Um, I don't know. Check it out. It's free. So you, you could yeah. check it out. I suspect that the uh, server issues... Uh, I'd be willing to play with you if you want. You want to play with someone who's slightly yeah, more knowledge. We're getting people. But, that's um, what I want to try. I want to play with people that like I know and like actually have yeah. a real Overwatch experience because I haven't had that yet. Like, it's definitely actually. fun with friends. If you play with a team of friends and you guys are coordinating at a reasonable level, it, it, it is it can be pretty fun. But yeah. I think not fun to play solo. I feel like if you guys push to play Overwatch 2 um, one night, I'm just going to push back and be like, hey, like I have this garage I really got to clean. Can you guys just help me out? You know, just join me in Power Wash Simulator. Oh, all right. I, I thought you literally <laughs> meant your garage. Um, <laughs> I was, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah as, a, as I was making that joke, I realized you guys didn't maybe know what I was talking about. So. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh I guess that's that for that. Um, quick update on The Last of Us Part 1 I've been playing. Uh, I think the game reasonably justifies its its remake. It feels so much better to play, and the AI is so much better. Some of the gunfights are really good. I hate the set pieces in that game, personally. I don't like them because the set pieces put you in these moments where you get these like instant deaths if you fuck up and you have to play it just right. It's not even like yeah. it's that hard, but it's just frustrating. Like what? Um, the Last of Us Part One. Well, like what would name a set piece? 
So there was a, there's one right now where there's just like a million clickers running at me. I got separated from Abby and I'm with some other little kid and <laughs> Abby. Just clickers. Abby. Abby. That's funny. Uh, That's she's funny. like child. <laughs> What's that her name again? Good, that, was, that was a good faux pas. Abby. The little girl. Yeah. Good, uh, yeah. yeah. Ellie. Uh, it's it's Ellie. on topic. It's an on brand faux pas. It's perfect. She, yeah. So uh, you, you get separated and then suddenly you're just getting rushed by clickers and it's like you have to kill a bunch of clickers really fast and I don't know. There's there's okay. many moments like that, or there's like a time where you get strung up by by your oh, ankle yeah, earlier right. in the game. Oh yeah, that Plus, one's um, that one's famous. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Like I could see why these things appeal to people, but they don't. They they take me out of the game because I I do enjoy the moment to moment like freer form stuff. Yeah, a bit more. Um, I don't know. It made me think about like what is it like. I think I really like a set piece when a set piece is just like amplifying the environment and adding a little story and richness to the setting. But when it's like, Oh, your instant fail state, like those kind of set pieces mm-hmm. bother me. I mean, it sometimes is set pieces, yeah. Sometimes set pieces <laughs> will change. they'll fundamentally change the game, how the game yeah. plays or the game's rules. And it's like, wait, what, uh, what, right. what? I, suddenly I'm like playing a different game all of a sudden. What the hell? <laughs> that's when it's like extra shit. Yeah, like being strung up. Like you have infinite ammo. Like that's not a thing. Like you don't have to worry. Yeah, you know, <laughs> this is yeah. not a survival yeah. game anymore. It's uh, yeah. a shooting gallery, I guess, with a unique uh, perspective. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I do love how Last of Us Part Two. I feel like significantly dialed them back, but they were still jarring when they happened. Like, oh, now all of a sudden, like I had two bullets in my pistol, and all of a sudden I have to kill like a billion crit clickers, and I'm just. It's just doom now. Yeah. And then when I die, yeah, I just, it's stupid. It's yeah, dumb. <laughs> so, but I'm having a good time. I will probably finish that game up and uh, that it'll be my first time having played that game through to the end. So that's cool. I'm going to definitely uh, play- get it on PC for sure once that comes because I haven't played it yeah. in a while and, you know, that, that feels like a good way. And I want to play with The Last of Us Part Two combat. I want to see that. So, yeah. 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 That, that that is that part is nice uh like i said let, I let me know how, what you think of i mean you probably know about the ending already but like pl- now that you're playing through the whole game i'm, I'm curious what you think of oh the, the last of us part one yeah because oh, yeah. that's the strongest part of the game in my opinion they literally yeah. show you that in the last of us part, part two, two but yeah. he knows <laughs> that's <it>. true <laughs> i know exactly what's gonna happen but no right. i'll see how it feels going through the natural arc uh you right. know it's interesting yeah. they dropped a trailer for the hbo show did you guys see this yeah, that was a bit ago, I mean, right? Uh, no, they just just this it week. It has the trailer. stock. Go. Oh, really? Right. The what? The Stark girl. She's in, she's like. Oh, one of oh the yes, Starks, it right? does have the Stark girl. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Leanna Stark. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's. Uh, I, I'm wondering. Apparently, like they're gonna do like they want to do many seasons for this show. Like, do you think that that season two is gonna be like the la- is gonna be Abby and Ellie? In like that whole Last of Us Part Two storyline, or is Joel gonna live on? Like, I don't know. Does it have Chris Weird Pratt as Joel? Chris Pratt. <laughs> That's yeah. He'll yeah. he'll take yeah. over next. That's season. yep. <laughs> What's the guy's name? Right. Right I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. Uh, Pedro Pascal. Yeah, he can't. Was... He can't hold a candle. You Wait, know they also I mean? have Game of Thrones. <laughs> Wait, there's two yep. Game of Thrones actors. Yep. Yep. And it's on oh. HBO. Okay. It's uh Craig Mazin, I think his name is the guy that did uh Chernobyl is directing it. It's the showrunner. Oh, yeah. Nice. So uh, that's kind of, that's interesting. This is going to sound kind of mean, but when I saw the trailer, I was like, this looks like an interesting Walking Dead spinoff. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what Mary said. She's like, is this just, just the Walking Dead? I was like, yeah. Uh, I, 
I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to fall completely flat because what yeah. makes The Last of Us so good is that you're actually playing as the characters and it implicates you. Uh, I know I know Drew from Select Screen hates that, but I think The Last of Us games do that really well. And I think when you remove that, it's no longer interesting, but it's just another zombie thing. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, last but not least, I played, like I said, over uh, Breath of the Wild to like three in the morning last night. That's fun. That game's good. Um, I wonder how much will be robbed have, that I've played, you know, Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Valheim and Elden, uh, Ring. Elden Ring and, and Subnautica, games that kind of do a lot of the same stuff. But how do you I, feel I, about the world so far? Is this even engaging? Yeah, a lot, yeah, it's great. I was I was up till three in the morning. I was not. Ex- I did not plan to play that game till three in the morning. So. Gotcha. Did you just do the the Great Plateau, or did you go even further? Uh, I don't think I've left the Great Plateau. Um, I have have to get the the glider still. So I was just thoroughly combing every square inch of the map for bullshit, which is what I tend to do. Um, But yeah, I was really liking it. It it seems cool. So uh, all right, better when you leave the plateau. Does it? Yep. That's just that fucker needs to give me his glider. Yeah, it's like Kef- Kefalonia and Odyssey, like stuck there until you get to the real game. Yeah, so that was one thing. Everybody's always talks about how you can just beat the game in like ten minutes or something. I'm like, what? I'm totally stuck on New Byland. Like this. Yeah, this I didn't think this is this was part <laughs> <Yeah>. of this game. <laughs> Maybe with like bugs and stuff. With bugs, I think you, you have can be to get bugs. the glider, right? Oh. Or maybe not. You have to get the glider. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe with yeah. exploits, but the game was I'm pretty sure designed to get the glider. Yeah. Maybe you can do that really fast. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure you um, could just like press up, up, down, down, left, right, and then it's like, oh, you're magically teleported to the glider. <laughs> yeah, that that could be it. Uh, all right, guys, you ready for the topic of the week? What's oh yeah. The topic? Uh, no, I can't do this. It's just too much pressure. If you want to set this one out, dude, like you're yeah. totally. Oren, the first rule of improv is is yes and. Um, so Oren, what? is the deal with boomer shooters or retro shooters or maybe, okay, let's, let's throw this to Kevin. Cause Kevin, Kevin, what do you think of the term boomer shooter? Uh, I find it to be some minor, uh, minorly annoying, but minorly annoying is really the right word. It's not has a big it, deal. Has it gotten better? Like, was it bad when you first heard it, but now you've gotten used to it? It hasn't warmed on me, but, um, I'm t- perfectly fine accepting the terminology yeah. because I love the genre. Okay. So, yeah, if it helps marketing, that, and that's probably why, because Dave Oshry is probably the guy pushing this, and I love Dave Oshry. So maybe he, he's just like, you know, he's just doing, you know, he's just trying to get word of mouth. He's just doing whatever. New Blood made it a thing. Yeah, I mean, as much as anyone else. Uh, so what is a boomer shooter, Kev? Uh, if you ask me, it's a game made specifically like it was made only in the 90s. <laughs> like a 90s shooter really stuck in my opinion, in the id camp, they've kind of not really kept the 3D realms and the LucasArts and the other stuff so much. It's really like, it's an id. Like, it's like a doom quake. That's what it is. Pretty much. There's a little Half-Life in some of them, but it's primarily mm, those. Yeah. Those two. So, a modern a modern 90s shooter. If you will. How did we get here? How did we get to a point where we're calling throwback retro shooters boomer shooters? And, and why are they a thing? You're asking me? Anybody. I think I know why. Okay. I I would I I want I wish I had more time. I would have loved to like try and trace the lineage. Like I'm like, what are the games you know, like Doom twenty sixteen is obviously a very big 
pivotal moment. But there had to have been stuff before that that like people enjoyed. I just don't know. I think if I know was... what it is. What is it? I think I know. I, this is this is just trace my this personal... back. Yeah. Sorry, Zach. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Apologies. No, no. I want to know. I want to know. Tell me, <laughs> what is the the key? What is the turning point that led to where we are now? I have a theory too, but I'm gonna let Kevin. No, speak. no. You go first. Oh, you want me? Because yours is gonna yeah, be wrong, okay. and then his will be no, right. No, no, and we'll be like, ah, oh, yeah. I, I am not taking any like higher knowledge or anything. I just I have my own opinions. All right. That's all. Okay. All right. First one, then say, God. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Uh, I think what happened is the '90s era shooters happened, but then there was like this era of okay, like we did ha- like we're gonna do Half Life two or the first Half Life, and now games need to be more like cinematic, like yeah. tell a story. And that kind of gripped the gaming industry for a, a pretty long time, up until about 2016-ish, when Doom came out. And I think when Doom 2016 came out, it was kind of like a response to like, I just want to play a video game. I don't want cutscenes. I don't want any of that. I just want to press start, and I'm shooting shit. Yeah. And then I, th- I think that is what happened. And now they're coming back in full force because people just want they they don't want all the extra bullshit they just want to point a gun shoot stuff do that that's yeah. my theory kevin go go for it so um i think that the uh genre in a sense has existed since the 90s it's always been yeah. on un, uh, quote underground you had the doom modding scene like i said it's been always there uh serious sam has basically been a boomer shooter since 2000 um it's right. serious sam is like complete doom copy job it is it's great i love serious sam but it's been there i think to me the turning point was uh not be, not this game specifically but what this game ended up happening from this game was rise of the triad remake in 2013 mm, happened yeah. dave oshfi worked on that and then after that new blood was started we got dusk and and but all while that's happening we also have wolfenstein and doom 2016 happening so i think like the the the, the winds had been blowing this way somewhat for a little while but um i really do think uh aaron said this and i think he's actually right i thought about this more i think dusk really did and, and doom 2016 really did kind of like bring this like into you know because because to me boomer shooter is like an indie game and it makes yeah. sense that it's an indie game because doom and Henry three is an indie game right quake it's sort of an indie game <laughs> doom is an indie game the original doom is unquestionably an indie game so like it, it seems fitting that it's in the indie world again it's a very fitting it's an indie genre yeah ask me yeah let me let me add a couple notes because i think oren told i think you both told a really good story here oren's story about half-life going towards cinematic also Mm -hmm. the other key point is realism right Mm -hmm. realism and then the the target audience moving from pc gamers playing with a mouse and keyboard to console gamers moving playing with with a controller and trying to figure out how to make that work uh so like the games became less vertical. The, you started moving slower and they became more realistic, right? They, in, in military environments, modern environments is, it were, were like everything for, you know, first it was World War II, then it was like pseudo Iraq kind of Afghanistan settings, war on terror kind of stuff. And then, it, and then it started to come back and it was like, I think the market got so saturated with slow, what Kevin, what, what did I do? No, 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 nothing. I'm sorry. You didn't do anything. I just thought this isn't even funny. I just thought of this article where they're talking about the Sonic game, Sonic Forces, and they said it brought yeah. Sonic to War Torn Iraq. And I just thought that was the most <laughs> absurd thing I'd, I'd ever heard. I'm so sorry. There's nothing to do with what you're talking about. Sonic in, in Iraq. <laughs> uh, Anyways, you're fine. You're doing good. So, 
so but yeah like what the like what are the hallmarks of a boomer shooter that separate it from the realistic or the cinematic games let's you guys want you well, guys have any thoughts well the big one honestly the big thing for me with boomer shooters is that they just completely uh omit things like cut scenes like they're not cut scene heavy they're not storytelling heavy uh and it's really just kind of distilled down to shoot stuff and move fast and it doesn't need to be realistic it just needs to feel gamified and good and i think that's the big thing because when you play like other other types of first person shooters it's like you have like the slow walking section you have like the cut scene you have the listen to a guy speak for a while like in half-life and uh the boomer shooters really are just tapping into the part of your brain that's like craving violence that's well not violence necessarily but just craving the feeling of just eliminating clearing mm-hmm. a room and moving on to the next thing yeah do you want to add to that kevin what, what, uh, what are some pillars here right like maybe abstract level design quick movement pixelated graphics uh also um fighting monsters creatures not fighting mm-hmm. humans i mean fighting humanoid enemies mm-hmm. can happen but like mm-hmm. The, the fundamental demon we all think of we don't think of the former humans we think of the like the, the pinkies we think of the cackle demons we think of the cyber demons we think of the you know like it's quake we think of the chainsaw ogre guys like are the you know guys who shoot lightning at you i guess like i think a big part of it is fighting all these different types of monsters and creatures because like you think of the modern shooter usually you fight humans like soldiers right um and half-life is like the bridging point right because half-life you have soldier enemies but you also have all the creatures all yeah. the monsters you got the guards you got the alien grunts you got the it, it, it the source you got the alien slaves you got the alien controllers all the different enemies so i just think uh the alien the enemy design is really important it has to be varied you have to have like a large number of enemies you have to have powerful weapons you need to have fast player movement um the levels need to be vertical for sure that's like a big part of it too is like vertical levels i always feel like we've talked about this Aaron and i had this conversation multiple times like having dreams about places that look like doom levels because doom levels are so especially the old doom has these just such this weird like nightmarish at times level design like it's just so it's like another universe like another existence it feels like such an alien foreign place specifically and uh i think that's a big part of it too is is that that level design yeah it's it's so weird i almost feel like the level design and all the all the variety of and the huge variety of enemies and all of that like um it kind of it's in a way it's harder to design too because you have to like really like think about all of these moving parts and have it all kind of come together to a satisfying gameplay experience and maybe in the 360 era era that was just kind of too hard to do in some ways i don't know especially if you're also going for realism so they kind of had to stagger it with like oh we have to also have like these cutscenes. we have to like vary it up with this gameplay type we can't really design many different types of enemies so we're just going to kind of do one enemy but we're just going to have multiple things going on i don't know it's but like i guess like that level of refinement like you really have to just kind of dial all those other elements back and just kind of focus on like okay like level design enemies gameplay feel i don't know i think also uh i wanted to mention and oren basically mentioned this uh is the emphasis on gameplay like 
2016, like literally, he throws the console away when the character's giving him exposition. Like it's like an intentional <laughs> yeah. metaphor of like that's not what this game is, and that's not what this genre is, right? Um, it's genius. It's genius. Uh, <clears throat> I, 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 I think that's a really important thing. Like walking behind NPCs and having them talk to you, like is not watching long cutscenes is not what the genre is. Would you call the new Wolfenstein games boomer shooters? Because I actually don't think they no. are. I think they're influenced. They're like on the lineage, but I don't think they actually. Are. I don't think they actually are. Yeah. No, nah, they're more. <clears throat> I mean, the first one's way more like Half Life-y, right? Like that sort yeah. of lineage. Two is a smidge different. It's got that stealth stuff that kind of <laughs> sets <laughs> it apart. But uh, I guess the first one had stealth too. Whatever. Um, but and again, Wolfenstein, you fight soldiers. People. There's not a boomer. There's, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no monsters. There is the monstrous yeah. like Mecha Hitler. Yeah. 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 Um and you can overkill. What about is wait, Doom Wol- Eternal the original Wolfenstein is that a boomer shooter? <laughs> I mean only if humans like and dogs. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it is cuz like it doesn't have uh It's like it also the grandfather of the boomer shooter. Hit, hit scanners. Like it is like level design and i think doom is like where it starts yeah like wolfenstein's the like proto you know mm-hmm. yeah it's a prototype <laughs> yeah okay then then half-life is the great schism right Pretty. yeah that sounds yeah. about right well, i think it is one though the first it's game it's gotta is. be yeah <clears throat> i think i think halo though is yeah. important in terms of what you're saying about the console you know and and obviously call of duty also Goldeneye. a part of that <clears throat> yeah golden eye yeah that, yeah that's true um those definitely changed the game quite a bit as well i think also like it's, how fast you, know, you run it matters like this is my classic like complaint right it's like yeah. the kevin thing that you hate when you move slow in games like you move fast in all these games that's like a big hallmark of like you, you like doom guy runs like what 60 miles an hour <laughs> yeah yeah master chief is slow call slow of duty you can sprint but like you're not effective when you're sprinting yeah. you know um yeah yeah, that's true it's it's so funny because you're alluding to that point that aaron brought up earlier like the rise of consoles in the late like i mean you know really in the late 90s yeah like you can't do boomer shooters really on those like the nintendo 64 controllers are you uh doom 64 uh quick 64 yeah Yeah. they're good right guys you too. I mean, you can. I, I feel like developers were struggling <laughs> to like too, man. I had it on to get the player yeah. controls right and like like they were doing it, but it, there was there was also just I think this prestige thing where like realism and cinematic just became like high art and like everything else. Yeah. Like like people were very much about discarding the past. I feel like in the nineties they were like they were, yeah. next thing, next thing, next thing. Yeah. Fuck what you know I mean, something at six it, months yeah. old is trash. That, that's what I was kind of trying to articulate earlier. It's like this. Uh, I, I think just, um, yeah, just the rise of this feeling of like, oh, video games can't just be video games. They also have to be all these other things. And I think, yeah. I th- yeah, I think in the mid, like 2016-ish, people started to disregard that and be like, oh, no, actually great game design. There is great value to that. And now you're kind of starting to see that a lot with um, like how people respond to a lot of Naughty Dog games, a lot of Naughty Dog products. Like I still love, I love Naughty Dog, but a lot of people are like, Oh, I actually don't want this miserable, realistic uh, walking sim slash whatever game, just because that's (laughs) not fun to me. And it's not meaningful to me. I just kind of want a game that feels good. And yeah, you know, so what's the biggest influence you think on uncharted? Like what's the number one influence on it? 
Goody, Goody, uh, what's your what's your guess? I mean, I don't know Indiana what it is. Indiana Jones. Oh. Indiana Jones, right? Yeah. A movie. Yeah. yeah right, what's the right. number one influence on Doom? Aliens. Robotron. <laughs> arcade. It's arcade games. What they've said. I mean, okay. it's yeah, it's prior development, sure, sure, mechanically. Top down shooters. Yeah. But I mean, you could also say Resident Evil Four and, and Gears of War influences on um, uh, Uncharted. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Gameplay wise, yeah. but in God, Uncharted dropped all of the like in depth shooting. Yeah, of those exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they all used the, the, the structure, <laughs> but they didn't. That's not the feeling they were going for, right? Like you're definitely. not like the mastery isn't the same. Also, the hyper violence. I think that's a big part yeah. of the genre. Hyper violence. Mm, that's why yeah, I consider right. Gears to be like, it's like a, it's like a cousin twice removed of the yes. genre. Even though it doesn't <laughs> play like it, it's like it's got the powerful guns. It's heavy. You can jib people. It's like it's in it's like related, you know? It's like if Unreal Tournament was a cover based shooter. Yeah. So it's kinda it's kinda to, interesting to me because I, I think gameplay design has evolved in like such a different way lately, because I feel like um with classic boomer shooters, the gameplay loop is like we just want this one thing or these two things to feel really great. Yeah. And that's the game. Meanwhile, in the Naughty Dog era, like the during the the crux, like the crux of that gameplay design was really okay. None of these things are gonna feel great, but we're gonna do a lot of things, and that will. It's like okay, once the shooting starts to feel bad, we're gonna do a set piece, and then we're gonna do the cutscene and the story. It's like a more stratified way. But of it's all gonna about look good, games. right? That, it's that all gonna the, look good, yeah. right? Um, but we're gonna do like. 10 or 11 different things that aren't quite that great but so that's like, half-life 2 is like yeah. as soon as you get used to something you're doing something else right, right. yeah which is it's interesting it's it, it seems like we're going back to the we just got to do two things really well and that's enough and that's why it's indie development right like they that's all you can really afford to do you know i mean you can be more right. ambitious but like it's these people who grew up in the 90s as kids and they're like i want to make the games i played as a kid you know so i think i think it's partial exactly. it's nostalgia you know nostalgia is always fueling what we fucking do um obviously um yeah but, i'd agree more you, yeah you see it in the triple a space a lot more too like elden ring like what are you really doing in elden ring it's just exploration and combat really yeah. it's like two or three things that you're doing as opposed to something like cyberpunk where you're doing like you know, role playing, yeah. you're shooting stuff, you're driving, like it's doing 15 different things. But like Elden Ring's actually really simple when you kind of break it down. Yeah, right, right, right. It's true. Hmm. I have a question about nostalgia. Did you guys watch this video I linked for, um, it's called Fractured, uh, Compound Fracture trailer oh, oh, oh yeah. are you talking about the new 3d realms games yeah so so yeah the, i was watching realms deep let me back this up which is which i somehow didn't notice happening yeah. live which i is, didn't either 3d realms is like video presentation they're they're kind of e3 that just was full of boomer shooters which is kind of what inspired incepted this uh this particular topic of the week and i was watching so many of these trailers and some of the trailers were, were you know look like passion projects that had a long ways to go but some of them i was like man i could just play games like this for the rest of my life and when i see something like compound fracture the way that game looks speaks to me in a very primal way and i'm trying to figure out if it's nostalgia or if like pixelated worlds like that like the pixelated worlds of of most of these boomer shooters have an appeal to people who didn't play doom when they were 12 
You know what I mean? That don't have that those nostalgic hooks. Do, so, does the art style effectively communicate something? You're saying like a borrowed so. nostalgia? Well, like, does it stand on its own without nostalgia? Because oh. like I see it, it's hard for me to know if I'm just like, wow, this shit is so intense and amazing. Because again, you know, I grew up in the 90s playing all these games and like these games defined the way I think about video games. So there is yeah. so many nostalgic hooks. Kevin? Uh, I think I, I think I, I think I have this, but maybe not. Okay. I think yes. Um, here's why. <laughs> One, Minecraft. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but those are nostalgic hooks. You know what I mean? But the people who play Minecraft are it's like everyone. not even alive when they <laughs> yeah, when okay. came out. I see. Like, You're saying because people like Minecraft. Um, well, yes, fair. but also I think less is more. Um, and I just was watching an interview actually, Norm Macdonald talking to Larry King, and Larry King said he's like, when I grew up, I listened to radio shows, and he's like, to me. Those radio shows were much scarier than any horror movie I'd seen because, like, I had to do the mental work. I had to think about it, and the scary, the, the terror was all there. And I also was just reading too. The Dead Space developers were said said eighty percent of horror is audio, and I was mm-hmm. like, really? Is that true? I could see that actually. Like, I kind of believe it. So, like, I think like on this this idea of like, oh, less graphics, like maybe can be more imaginative and more requires more from within, which maybe it's more creative i don't know but it's more something and i think it could i think it could speak to people like in a in a way like i don't think minecraft would be popular with children right if there wasn't something to it in terms of those graphics yeah. like who didn't grow up playing games like okay. we did what do you guys think about that did you you guys grew up playing pixelated games too right yeah i had a uh nes like it was like the controller that had the 100 games in it and you'd plug it into your tv like i had that shit so i was playing old nes games for a while and that didn't like I wasn't like ew. I was like, oh, video games, cool. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah, and I'm, but I also played like Half Life at the age of five, and that was a bit more advanced. Uh, probably would look pretty alias now, but at the time, it was very realistic. Uh. <laughs> what do you think, Arn? I think yeah. I don't think it's nostalgia. I'm just kind of because like I'm playing this again, Power Wash Simulator game. That game has like not good graphics, but I think. I think that that may, if it did have realistic graphics, like uh, the grime wouldn't be so like easily visible, and you would mm-hmm. have to like actually kind of like search for it. And I guess what I'm trying to get get at is when you play uh, a 3D sh- shooter that's just n- not going for realism in the graphics. Sometimes it helps gamify the experience because it kind of separates the the uh, the things that you're shooting from the environment because sometimes when you play a game that's going for hyper realism it, it just doesn't have like as gamified a feel and you know that that's kind of what i'm thinking Mm-hmm. okay well let me so okay kevin's talking about like the evocative nature of pixel art right that, that right. having lower fidelity art can can conjure something to mind. Did, did you guys watch this Compound Fracture trailer? Like, because I watched I this did. and it was just oh. like pure pornography for me. Like, I was just like, oh my god, I'm so oh. hard. Uh, like, but holy <laughs> shit, where did that come like, from? I just, I'm saying, like, it had such a strong effect. So to segue that, I was thinking about this. Like, do I love this because it's nostalgia, or do I love this because it's it's communicating something that's I mean, clearly there is the nostalgia factor, but is there is it doing something additionally interesting? Oh. I was at the Getty uh, Museum in Los Angeles last Sunday, and I walked into the Impressionist gallery, gallery. They only have one room there of Impressionist stuff. But I walked in there, and I was like, oh, yeah, duh. 
pixel art is not impressionism, but 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 like modern pixel art has very impressionistic goals to sort of contour light and shape and give you sort of a fuzzy approximation of a space that communicates more of the feeling maybe of it than than the like literal physical look. Oh yeah, no, that's actually a great analogy because it is. Yeah, like when you look at a a Monet or whatever, he's not going for oh i'm trying to make this look exactly how it looks he's trying to capture the feeling of looking at it like that is you know the hence impressionism like i'm like oh this is the experience of seeing this field or this haystack it's not just the haystack right it's modern pointillism pixel art is modern pointillism (laughs) you know in a way yeah i was gonna say like a big part of what you're asking is like an art question like is art of a certain era like relevant to people later and like it seems to usually be yes if it's valid like if it's like if it's if there's truth or va- like value in it then yes truth so or value in the art what do you mean you know if there's like like because obviously there's been there's been like times where art i think like didn't work or like certain genres mm-hmm. didn't survive right like people don't look back and they go oh, that's that was great like they think like well that was a stepping point to something that was great but i think right. uh that's what i'm saying it's like is there something like in it that that speaks to people and uh i think uh pixel art and like that 90s style i think does i definitely think there's nostalgia though is a huge factor at least for me i'm not going to yeah. argue that point that's definitely <clears throat> true <laughs> but i do think that like the, there is i was just talking to my girlfriend about this I, I was showing her this game uh god what's that game called i'm sorry i can't really name it but it basically it's, it was a half-life mod that was a horror game i cannot really name it. it's like a norwegian developer um i don't remember the name of it i'm sorry but uh basically cry she was of saying, fear cry of fear thank you she was saying the creatures in that were more disturbing to her than other games because of the low fidelity. They just look kind of more gross. And I, I've always thought this, like the Resident Evil 2 zombies are like the grossest zombies ever because <laughs> they just look so low fidelity. <laughs> yeah. So I think there is something there that speaks to people who didn't grow up seeing it because she didn't grow up playing pixely games. She grew up with the PS2. So, yeah. Yeah. I guess the reason I think, yeah, because when I watch that compound, again, go back to the compound fracture trailer, when I see that shot of the of the buildings, it's like, it's like supposed to be New York or Chicago or something, I'm like, that looks more real to me than this, this uh, you know, Unreal 5 demo of from the Matrix, you know, which which is like, eh. there's like, there's more feeling there. There's more subjectivity that I can cling yeah. on to, and, and I really yeah. dug it. That That's probably the key word, right? Subjectivity, because you, you're doing some of the mental work to fill it in. And uh, also just from a pragmatic point of view, sometimes in modern video games, I feel like it's harder to pull off a headshot because it's like not clear where like what a headshot is because there's so much detail on the head. Yeah. But like when I play like Goldeneye, I'm like, oh, I know. I know that I'm hitting a headshot like immediately. Yeah. You know, (laughs) so true. (laughs) I hope that actually a little bit with Cyberpunk, like sometimes it's a little bit hard to see what you're doing there can be a lot going on shooting exactly i was that's actually the game i was thinking of like i'm not totally sure like what body part i'm hitting in that game most of the time (laughs) (laughs) i think also you know these so we we had the pixel art sort of renaissance probably like xbla era you know what i mean like yeah the the 2d pixel art Uh, we're talking about sort of alias and like pixely 3d right now but um well well, i guess proteus has sprites right um but whatever Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. everything is sort of is being um oh fuck i'm so stupid i'm losing my train of thought um ah cut this forget it (laughs) 
<laughs> it, it's a, it's a no. We're keeping that. Are you no. kidding? Yeah, I, I, I want everyone. I want everyone to know that Zach fart. just. Oh, it was just a brain. Happens to the it's best. Been of us. A, it's been a long podcast. Oh wait, never mind. Like, um, the the, the <laughs> part of it's nostalgia, but also <laughs> like it, it's nostalgia, but also these people, these small teams. It just it it, it indicates to me that these are people who have scaled back what they're trying to do and are yeah. worried about art style and stuff like that because they see you know the 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 beauty in these old styles and they're bringing it back. Not that pixel art is super easy because to make it really detailed and like animated actually takes a lot of fucking work, but it's different than like trying to render a you know an Unreal Engine four game or whatever, um, and trying to cr- make that um, not realistic, but not break down and glitch and fucking fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I I like this move because it means that game design is more accessible, right? Like you can have a good looking game that doesn't require as much effort in terms of creating assets and stuff like that like and maybe unreal engine 5 will change everything and like the photogrammetry will make it super easy to make fucking realistic games um Mm. i don't know if that's true so when i see like a dusk or something i'm like oh this wasn't super difficult to put together not that it isn't a good looking game to me um i like how it looks but it was probably a lot less effort than um making a fucking an assassin's creed odyssey or something <laughs> or red dead redemption 2 which probably killed like how many people you know in some weird way oh yeah uh, in some sense well yeah so, so like dusk was made by one person right like, like there's a true? very sort of like yeah yeah i don't yeah. believe yeah. that that's fucked yeah. up i mean he made it with <laughs> unity but like and, and he actually had to turn off features kevin's told me this many times like he had to turn off features to get it to look the way oh, he right. wanted it to nice. look yeah. so he was like going through like disabling stuff which is which is great um yeah, there's something about the like boomer shooter movement that reminds me of like punk rock or black yeah. metal. It's like this intentionally autovistic art form that's like uh, it's it's like primitive for the sake of of primalness. Yeah, right, right, and it, and it's sure. accessible. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. I, I assume to a degree developmentally accessible. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Well, right. to some extent, more so than making yeah on <laughs> cyberpunk. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, so we can get more. I mean, hopefully, we can see the genre mutate and grow and uh you know iterate upon itself you know like ultra kills feels super different than dusk feels super different than proteus like the all the you know we're seeing this 90s design kind of influence everyone but they're all taking it in their own direction and now we can see that at a faster pace and uh with more interesting unique ideas hopefully as we keep going yeah for sure it's a uh it's like a uh a really cool time for me as a, as a fan of these kinds of games to be seeing uh, all of these games crop up all of a sudden yeah. uh, in a really cool way. I'm really excited about it. It's like a, it's like a scene that I really want to be like a part of. So I'm, I'm very happy with all of these games that are coming out. I think it's really a cool thing and uh, new blood and everyone else who's developing all these games. Godspeed. Amen. I, yeah. I, I also, I also just like the trend towards just, game development just going towards making a game just look and feel good and it's not so much about realism or prestige anymore like i kind of think of sea of thieves one of my favorite games and like if someone uh, i remember one time a friend of mine saying wouldn't it, it be cool if they did like a realistic version of this game where everything looked like like how an actual pirate ship ship would look and i was like no, I don't want that because I love how Sea of Thieves looks. I love how 
simple it is. I love how the only item that you need to repair your ship is wood. If it was a realistic game, they would have like, you know, it'd be so systems heavy. Like there's different types of wood and different types of varnishes. I don't give a fuck. I just want wood, (laughs) you know? Definitely. So I like that movement towards that type of just simplified, feels good, accessible gameplay. Yeah. And that's easier to make, right? You don't have to worry about making cutscenes or different uh, types of varnish. You can just, you know, make shooting <laughs> feel good. Make your guns exactly. feel good. And in terms yeah. of presentation, like one more thing I wanted to mention on this was like, I remember Aaron, me and a friend uh, had this conversation about music. And Aaron was saying that once music becomes like so produced that like you lose, there's something is lost yeah. when you are overproduced something. And I think that's actually really true. I never like thought about it, but I think like I always thought like, oh, I like this and I like this, but I never thought of like, oh, maybe that maybe that is partly why. It's like there is something lost when you get something when you kind of cut off the edges to to clean it up, you know? Yeah. It's yep. Interesting. Hmm. Boomer shooters rule. I'm a fan of them. I love yeah. them. Do you Keep see yourself them. playing more? What, what did you think of uh, as as my two native uh, Chicago people? What did you guys think of your representation in the Primal Fury trailer? Or was it Primal what? Fury? It's uh, Phantom Fury. Phantom, Never Phantom Fury. By the way, that game yes. looks awesome. By the way, I just want to that mention that trailer. That game looks rad. That's like a AAA '90s game. Which did you, I just did you guys incredible. see the corn cob buildings in the loop? Oh, they got them. They got Marina City. Yeah, something like the first ten seconds of the trailer. Oh, I see I think. it. Yeah. Yeah, Let's I'm watching go. the trailer right now. Oh, it's damn. Like, this this looks neat. Chicago's a cool place. I just hate the weather. But, man, yeah. I, I do love seeing more Chicago representation. We also have uh, the best movie ever was filmed here, uh, Thief. So, Wait, know, really? Not, dar- not The Dark Knight. That movie is not the best movie ever, but Thief is. <laughs> the best so, movie ever Thief. that was filmed here is Blues Brothers. I'm sorry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not that uh, I like that movie, but it's now. I know. You're just wrong. <laughs> it's Thief. <laughs> uh, before we roll out of this, any boomer shooters that we should check out? Kevin, what do you think are some picks that people might might not have checked out but but ought to? Besides they might, not have, they might, might not have checked out? Yeah. Um, so the ones that I like are uh, Devil Daggers. Oh, Devil uh, Daggers. Oh, my God. That one's uh, kind of... When, what year did that come shooter, out? I feel like that one's been out a long time. 2016. They just put a sequel out, which was, is incomprehensible. So oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Hyper Demon. Hyper Demon. So that Actually, one, a really good one is uh, Shadow Warrior 3. Shadow Warrior 3 is that, that the, came out this year. Is that the Doom Eternal clone? <laughs> yeah. It is, yeah. but it is in, some ways, in some ways it's better because it gets rid of a lot of like the platforming shit. Oh, okay. so. That's cool. Does it have the low <laughs> ammo count? Yeah, okay. I think so. I, I I thought it felt good. I I liked too how it's all. It's also a short game. It's only like six hours long. Oh, okay. Which I <laughs> thought was a positive. I think some people saw that as a huge negative, but I think boomer shooters um, benefit from shorter lengths that are kind of replayable. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah. Brevity and so replayability. We mentioned Proteus, yeah. uh, Proteus. Devil Daggers. Uh, I actually really like Ion Fury. Uh, 3D Realms slash Apogee are also. Big in this, like, so I you know, New Blood and 3D Realms are kind of like the two bigger publishers, I guess. But uh, Ion Fury is their like Duke Nukem cousin game where you play as uh, Shelly Bombshell, and that's going to be the, the oh, sequel yeah. is the one we just mentioned, which is called Ion Fury. Uh, that's a great Phantom game. Fury. Um, Phantom, Phantom Fury. Fury. Sorry, yeah. my <laughs> apologies. Phantom Fury, you're right. 
Um, I also thought a medieval was really cool. Um, yeah, I yeah. A medieval, but that's like a heretic, like uh, built on a real engine um, with ray tracing. I yeah, was playing that this week, and I was like, actually, this game's awesome because I had I I fell off it, and I had to come back to it, and I'm like, there's there's a lot of good shit here. I got stuck yeah. on a level. I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, just in this one spot, so I haven't played it since because I can't get out. But uh, I did like what I <laughs> what I, what I got up to that point. I really liked it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, it's not out yet, but Rathan of Ruin, which is built in the Quake engine, that's a pretty cool Incredible. One. Yeah. Um, I like that one. I also really like Postal Brain Damage. I know I've talked about oh, it a lot yeah. on the podcast, yeah. but I think it's a great game. Like, I think it's really well made. Uh, you know, you say what you want about the franchise, but the game itself is uh, very well made. I think it's one of the better games uh, in the genre. And I have played a little bit of Project Warlock. Um, I thought it was cool. And Aaron, was it, you, you're a big fan, right? I was playing Project Warlock 2, which is an early access. Feels incredible. Um, I love the boomer shooters that incorporate headshots. Mm. And because, like, so, like, boomer shooters cannot have aim down sights as as a primary mechanic. I think if they have too much of that, they become something else. And so, like, having, forcing you to use, like, good crosshair placement and just nail headshots is really satisfying. And uh, Project Warlock does that really well. Gotcha. And, of course, Dusk. Uh, And Dusk is Dusk is the one to not miss my that's like i think my three favorites are are dusk proteus and postal brain damage are probably the three that i played hmm. um and then somewhere in there are medieval and wrath yeah hmm. all right well now you know what the hell a boomer shooter is or a retro shooter a, a throwback shooter i don't know well the the dust will settle on this terminology at some point. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But, uh, uh, I, I, boomer shooters would be my favorite genre, but the only problem is, is I just want more like slow walking segments. You know what I mean? Sorry. Get like out of here. Is Go home. Expl- <laughs> yes, and Orin, remember. Yes, like, and. Like, here's the thing about Doom. I really want to know like D- Doom guy's backstory. I need to have some demon explain shit to me and like why I'm the Doom guy, and I just kind of slowly follow him. Follow him. Like, for... <laughs> five minutes like that that that's what these games are missing have you seen yeah. the if quake was made today video on youtube you should watch <laughs> it it's pretty funny it starts it off he boots, oh, it is up, with quake. he boots up quake and it, like he has all this unskippable splash screens <laughs> it <Yeah>. takes forever <laughs> to the game. and he launches the game they're like soldier go down and get the stuff and he has to like walk down this one hallway <laughs> or <pretty> like, good. <laughs> that's so good there's all you, these you know doom stupid moments doom also needs like missions where like i'm not actually shooting anything i'm just following a demon and the demon if he looks behind me like and sees me like the mission just fails like i want <laughs> yeah. more of those trailing missions yeah yeah uh also uh people can fly back in the 2000s made a game called duty calls which is just one long hallway where you fight soldiers and every oh time you God. shoot them and kill them, you rank up. It's like you become like Master Army, the shooter person, like rank like 30. It's it's pretty it was pretty good. Call of Duty satire. That was pretty funny. Wasn't that like a demo for something or like it was... yeah, it was for it was for uh, what's the game where you can kick people and they like they fall on someone? Bullet Storm. Them yeah, Bullet yeah. Storm. That's what it was. Yeah, Is was, Bullet Storm a, a boomer shooter? Uh, Probably. Not. Yeah, that actually that might be a missing yeah. link right there. Yeah. See, I need to. That's I need good. to play. Bullet Storm is very. Uh, Bullet Storm is very underrated. That's a very mm. good game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. You guys ready to do some wrecks? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Zach, I'll sure. let you go first. Oh fuck! Come on, man. I don't know. I don't know. I got. I don't, what, what can I recommend? What can I recommend? Put Oren first. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm always Thank I'm you, always pretty good at Rex. Uh, I'm not. You are good at Rex. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I always have a. Here's the thing. I'm good at having opinions. Yeah. You know? So like I always have my personal rec ready, but my uh, I have I have two Rex this week. Uh, the first one is um, uh, Shutter is a streaming service that I think is a great thing to subscribe to for one month. And that month is uh, October, which we are, we are currently in and just subscribe to that and just watch like a horror movie every other night. Cause they have a great selection. That's what I've been doing. Very nice. Me and my brother, we've just been having these little watch parties. We've watched like Hellraiser, mad God, um, this new movie called speak no evil. That was really good. They, they just have a lot of good content on there. So subscribe to shutter and my second wreck is I think the Andor Star Wars show is actually gonna continue to be good and stay good because it's it's been good for like six episodes. It has. And I uh, I just think it's just nice watching good Star Wars finally. Like, and I I was trying to pin down why I like this show, and I think um, more than other Star Wars media. And I think the big thing is that. There's so many layers to the character's motivations. Like sometimes what a character says or is explicitly doing is not like at, is completely different from what the character's actual need is. So there's just a lot of layers to the interactions in a way that I think is, is very compelling. So um, I like that show. Yeah, no, I, I've been enjoying it too. It's uh, surprisingly good, but uh Still six more episodes to go or something, so we'll see. They they could fuck up the ending, but they could. I'm, I'm, but confident, I'm confident it's gonna stay good. Is Tony Gilroy is the showrunner. He did a uh, is that his name? Or is it, yeah, Gilroy. yeah. No, it's the it's the two Gilroys. It's um the guy that directed Michael Clayton, who's Tony Gilroy, which is a good movie, and mm. uh, the other Gilroy, which I can't remember the name off the top of my head, did Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler's insane. Yeah, I love that. It's also uh, good. One yeah. of the one of the really good modern day taxi driver kind of clones. If Great you know. LA movie too, as a as a, a denizen of LA. Right. Uh Kevin. Yeah, what's up? Hey. <laughs> hey there. <laughs> uh so I um don't watch movies that often, but I did watch a movie recently because we were talking about it at a, at a family get together, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I didn't." Get, so I, it's Flight of the Navigator. It's not, it's not the best movie, but it's a fun movie. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> I rewatched it, yeah, and I liked yeah. it again. I, it was still good. It's like uh, something about it is like um, it's like it's like this kid in the '80s um, perspective that like nothing really is like that high stakes like it's like i'm kind of like eh. like uh and the end of the movie, he like takes an alien with him and like keeps it <laughs> it's like no big deal like like if that actually happened that would be like a big problem right you don't want to like just keep some of the last creature of some species but like the tone <laughs> of that movie is so like eh, whatever the main reason i like it though is i just love pb herman's character like on the mm. like he's the like sliding uh like robot thing right and i definitely think that portal 2 with wheatley and Gladys like totally are influenced by that movie and that and that like just like silly character who like slides on a track like a robot because uh, definitely very similar in their humor and tone. Uh, hmm. It was a pretty fun movie. I always thought it was a '70s movie because 
the uh, well, kid has takes 70s place in the seventies. Yeah, it takes place in the seventies, but it's an eighties yeah. movie. And I was looking right. at the art, I'm like, the box art, I'm like, oh, this is obviously an eighties movie. That color and style is so eighties. The last thing I want to say about the movie uh, is that <laughs> I never got to finish this movie as a kid until years later because we had it on VHS. It's a very like VHS problem. The VHS, the end of the movie, he's about to like rather basically solve the problem of the movie would die. The, would die. The, the, VHS, the VHS would always cut off, and I never got to see the end of the movie. So oh, I, the recording, the, the recording. Somebody so recorded we basically, during we probably, the free. Someone oh taped it. I don't know who it was you or Heather or mom tape, taped uh, it. It was you, okay? Aaron yeah. taped it and uh, <laughs> did a something bad happened job with the, with the VHS. <laughs> I was six. The end of the movie got cut off, so I didn't see the end of the movie till way later. And I, so we watched it again. I remembered most of it, but like I'm like, I don't remember how this movie ends. I was like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Interesting. And, uh, yeah. Fun. Fun. I fun was going to say, if you want to keep it. on the... I love the effects. The, uh, yeah. The ship and the inside of the ship are really cool looking. It's very like creative design. Kevin, you need to pair that with Howard the Duck if you really want to stay on the like, <laughs> oh. 1980s. I've never seen Aaron's that movie. childhood movies. I've that movie's scary. It. Watch it. Yeah. You'll like it. It's about okay. a duck. It has what's uh, her name. She's great. Leah Thompson, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. all right. I'll go real quick. Uh, I went out to eat at uh, BCD Tofu, which is one of my my mm. favorite places oh. to go in in uh, Los Angeles. It's it's a Aaron. Korean. Um, did you? I went there with you, and you said, oh, yeah. "Get the hot oh. one." And <laughs> we got the hot one, and it was way well, too okay. spicy. And I eat this, spicy food at the time. This is some somewhat regular some boomer energy, but I hear you. Um, okay, <laughs> it was good. It was fun. But, it was, it actually, it was BC, really good food. I went to BCD Tofu. I had the soon tofu. This is uh, for for people who are like tofu. That sounds disgusting. Uh, this is uh, this this could convert you. This could be this could make it you know make you a believer. My recommendation is go to your local Korean restaurant of choice mm. and get some soon tofu. That shit is mm. insane. Mention the fish too. The fish they give you is so that place is so good. I love that place. By the way, I know I was jokingly complaining that that restaurant is insanely good. The fish. I like the fish. They they give you in the middle I mean, like the whole fish. So to eat. BCD. Oh, is like Denny's of Korea. It's like a it's like a <laughs> oh, dinery really? kind of place, but it's way higher quality because because they take food more seriously in Korea or something. Um, <laughs> is it a chain? But yeah, it's a chain. They have videos playing on the wall of like they have it in New York. They have it. They probably have it in Chicago. Uh, mm-hmm. They have it in Korea. It's it's a chain. You can check it out. But it's it's pretty and it's open twenty four hours. It used to be like my favorite place to go to K Town, get shellacked, and then go get some tofu. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Zach. Um, okay. My recommendation is to, in, in, you know, it's relevant to the episode. It's relevant to what we've talked about. Play a boomer shooter, you know, replay, probably replay one and pick some albums to listen to while you play those games, specifically metal albums or punk albums or any albums that, you know, have a driving rhythm and just really enhance the experience. I... You know, I, I played like Doom 2016, Doom Eternal, and like, you know, I, I enjoy the music well enough, I guess. You know, it's it kind of washes over me a little bit. But when I played like King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizards, Nonagon Infinity, while I played those games, like that just like, I don't know, it got my fucking heart racing. Like, I don't know, just pick, just my recommendation is pick an album that like, you know, will go hard and you want to hear while you shoot demons in the face. That is my recommendation to everyone out there, you know. 
and that might right. be sacrilege to some people. That's why I'm saying replay it, so you you know you know yeah, what the music yeah, is. Yeah, right. talking talking bad about Mick Gordon. That's uh, it's fine. I'm not that <laughs> into that kind yeah. of metal, you know, whatever. Um, so I, I'd rather listen to something more my speed. I dig it. Yeah, this is good advice. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, that is a podcast. Zach, thank you for uh, stepping by. I know it sounds like you've been busy. But we, we appreciate your input. Yeah, no, thank you for having me every time. Yeah, uh, Oren, Kevin, it's been a pleasure to see you. Oren, you're looking fit, dude. Whatever you're doing is working. You're looking um, good, man. It's weird because, uh, like, I have everything. Like, I, I have, like, the good cardio workout. I can do a lot of push-ups. My only problem is, is I just have a, a pot belly. Oh, I just need well, to. It's the alcohol. That's, yeah. yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. That's just the the one thing. But other than that, I'm a good looking dude. You know, you're a good looking good dude looking, and and, and gamer. You're, you're looking good for 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 being a good looking dude. Uh, uh, Kevin, you're looking good too. I'm loving Thank the locks. Uh, Thanks, bro. All right. Well, uh, anyway, <laughs> we'll be back at some point with something. Uh, hope hopefully uh, the, the the child doesn't come until after the next pod, but we'll see. And uh, Madden, we love you. That's all I got for you. Yeah. Oh yeah, join our Discord if if you want. You want to hear you know Drew talk about his uh, DVD collection. Um, <laughs> DVD. Who has a DVD collection? Uh, or me <laughs> complain about something? Video card news. You'll get that. Oh, there's yeah. a lot of stuff. Um, all right. Definitely. Later.